This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Junto, episode 50. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit, and I'm here with my co-host, the man who's been with me for 50 episodes. Mm. It's 50. <laughs> Adam Curtis. Jermaine oh. Tetris. Jermaine. Jermaine Cole. Jermaine Cole. J. Cole. First things first, up to Phil. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I mean, up, I was listening to like 2121, 2121, and I was like, it's kind of catchy, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hello, Internet. If you do not know, of course, we're referencing the fact that J. Cole has an album coming out. That comes out on Friday, right? Yes. This Friday. Um, the What is it? For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only. Is the, is the name of the album. Uh, we have a music video already and a single. It's a documentary. Shots fired. Two songs in the There's joint. There's a lot happening There's a, in J. Cole's part of the world. Cole world. In Cole world. Yeah, he's out here. Cole you know, world. We, we I got are, it. I got we it. Are I got a, it. Alleged, alleged, alleged conversations and thoughts shared about Kanye. Mm-hmm. Alleged conversations and thoughts shared about Wale. You know? Uh-huh. Um Pretty much, that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like he might even be checking Drake too. Some people are just saying, "Oh yeah, that he's, yeah." Some people are saying that he's he's checking anybody who's got a ghostwriter. I mean, mm. it seems like mm. I think it's easy to make that argument about anybody. Yeah, like, but yeah, I can see it too. J Cole is very clearly Kanye. He's swinging. He came out swinging. And hey, he it sounds people. good. Oh yeah, he's not just swinging, but he connected. Yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? I'm, uh, I'm not mad at uh, 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 that single. What is the name of that song that he released? The the one that with false the, prophets. False prophets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not mad at false prophets. Not at oh, all. Oh no, you can't be. No, but hey, we saved our J Cole conversation for episode fifty. Yeah, I want to take a moment and recognize that this is episode fifty in our normal continuity. Uh huh. Even though we have. Well over 50, maybe 60-some 60 60 with our one-shots. Right. But it still feels like an achievement to me. Mm-hmm. I got the magic stick, fitty. Mm. I'm I'm proud to do this with you, Octavius. Okay. Glad that we're doing this. I'm glad as well. This is fun. And I hope everybody out there listening is enjoying it. So, real quick, let's get this out of the way. Mm. This podcast is brought to you by Bear Fruit, Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring those listening to do the same. Learn more about Bear Fruit by going to barefruit.com, B3ARFRUIT.com. Sign up for the newsletter, check out the shop, buy some stuff, help us clear things out to get ready for the holiday and for next year. So go there, check it, take advantage of all the deals on barefruit.com. Also, official comic book Junto merch. 
T public forward slash user forward slash comic book Junto. That's J U N T O. We've got our new t shirt up there. You should have seen new stuff. You know, we, we, stuff. we were kind of like alluding to it um, on episode 49, but you guys should see now we've got the force bump t shirt up there. You know, it's so pretty. You into that? I'm so into that. We we got uh, uh, Mr. Skywalker on Skywalker on one side. We got the the man with a plan. Yeah, Yoda. Yeah, uh, on the other side, and they're bumping. I feel like maybe dangerous. Like put the sabers down if y'all are gonna bump. Hey, but like that is some master Jedi. Hey, I was about to say they they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, like that takes some serious discipline. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Listen, dexterity if you, if, and control. If you, if you can like deflect. Like phaser shots while your head is covered and blind, mm-hmm. you should be able to fist bump mm-hmm. with a lightsaber in your head. And that is what they say in the Jedi Council, of yeah. course. Of course. How's it a long time going in a galaxy far, far away if they got so much advanced technology? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll find out soon. Maybe. When Rogue One comes out. Right. I'm hoping for the first on screen Star Wars fist bump. Mm. And then we can just say, like, hey, look. Hey, we call it the whipping point. <laughs> we call that the whipping point. We call point. It the force bump. We got the force bump. What's you know what next? I mean? What else? What's next? What else is out there? I love these designs, though. I'm really, really excited about it. And uh, it, like Octavius has mentioned, hoping you, you you can see a little pattern here. We have the fist bump, and then we could do different characters, yeah, different franchises, yeah. Um, you know, we, sky's the limit, but right. but we're dreaming on that. And the Star Wars one looked so so good. Yeah. So now's the time to go ahead and grab yourself one of those. Um, and you know, maybe wear it for the premiere of Rogue One, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. So before we get started, follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. and tweet at us while you guys listen to the episode. Adam, what's your Twitter? You can follow me at Adam Teteris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. And you? I am Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N on Twitter. Tweet at me. You know what I'm saying? It's your man, Octavius A. Newman. (laughs) Are you going to do an AKA? Oh, I got a list of AKAs. You want to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's back. Tavis say Newman, a.k.a. Show Enough Assassin. You know what I mean? AKA, oh, I got the list right here. A.k.a. Banos. Okay. A.k.a. Ain't Nothing Sweet Christmas. Okay. A.k.a. Brat Panther. Yeah. A.k.a. T'Challa French Toast. Yeah. He wasn't ready for that one. You know what I'm saying? A.k.a. Candy Kingpin. A.k.a. 21 Savage Land. What's up? Huh? A.k.a. Microphone Check 1 Two Face. What up? You want some more? I'm I, done. I'm I done right think now. I can. I don't I'm even done. think I can. But of course, it's your boy, A-Tet, a.k.a. Swiss Beast, a.k.a. Erica Badoon, a.k.a. ASAP Rocket Raccoon, a.k.a. Kendrick LaMartian Manhunter. Yes! <laughs> it's what it is. It's episode yes. 50, folks. We out here episode 50. <laughs> Anybody in any other room in this building is like, what is going on in there? Uh, yeah. This episode 50 is going on. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to the time that I changed my name on Twitter. And Timory says, what is iOS 10 band? What is that? What is that? Uh, oh, Timory. iOS 10 band. Soon you'll 50 understand. Bands. You, yeah, you forgot bands. to put that one in there. But yeah. yeah. I was, listen, I was proud. When I came up with T'Challa French Toast, I was proud of myself. <laughs> Yo, I came up with 21 Savage Land today. That's good. <laughs> that is very good. 21, I said, oh, 21, man. 21. 21. That is It's kind of catchy, I guess. <laughs> uh, look, let's let's keep on it. Uh, we had uh, we had an interesting end of the week last week. Childish Gambino's new album came out. Yes. It appears that this is a trend right now. The thing that we're going to do when we start the show is talk about what we're listening to and Awaken My Love 
is one hell of an album. What do you think? I think that it was very, very sonically musical. Wasn't a whole lot of lyrics on that joint. No. And I enjoyed it. Yes. It was a good music to vibe out to. There was one song on there that was just weird that didn't fit California or something like that. California is a pretty strange that song. That one was like, this doesn't really fit with the rest of the vibe about uh, that I've been listening to. It seemed out of place. It, it seems like the more modern of all the songs because it has a vocoder, you know, the like kind of auto-tune thing. Mm-hmm. It is like West Coast dreamy sounding, whereas the rest of it is funky. Funky. like Parliament. I mean, like really funky. I hear... Funkadelic. I hear some Herbie Hancock going on in there. I f- it's some Funkadelic. I mean, it's... Uh, I even hear a little... Um, uh, Stevie Wonder from mm. time to time. And what he does with his voice is fantastic. I'm into it. And it's like, I've been thinking about, I don't know how long this album is going to last. It seems like an experiment and I want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, going to be fun to see you on tour. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I'm excited, especially because Donald Glover is such a unique artist. Yeah. I'm only, they can only imagine what the live show is going to be like. Did we find out what the VR vinyl was? I didn't get one, so I don't know. I have I no have idea what that anymore. is. No. Well, I don't have a VR record player. I don't even know well, what that means. From what I from what I gather on the internet, uh-huh. this is before it actually came out, there's records where when you play them, they kind of create this holographic kind of help me Obi-Wan my, Kenobi, you're my only help moment my, that okay. comes out. That kind of it's like this illusion that lifts off of the record. Yeah. Now I don't know. This is what I saw on YouTube. Yeah, because yeah. I looked it up and I was like, "What is this?" That seems like do you remember years ago, people come inside the store. I'm just going to call it the store. Okay, and they say, "When does that?" They uh, take their phone ho- and they go like, put it right in your when face. When's that hologram keyboard coming out? I saw on the internet. Oh right, you remember that? Right. When's that? Uh, you know, the laser one, and it just like lasers and down like, the desk. <sighs> and you would have to say, "I must explain that is a f- that's a fake." Man. Video. Man. That's not real. No, no, I saw it. I saw it. My son showed it to me. Yeah. Well, my I saw it. Son, no, 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 I'm gonna show you right here. Look. Yeah, I no, I trust no, you. No, look, no, hold on a second. Yeah. Let me no, excuse me. Okay. Let me show you. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying I, the to customer's explain. always right. Yeah, I just want to explain. The customer's always right. Yeah, I, I understand that. I was told by Apple Care that I could come here and get the part. Can I get somebody from the genius bar come back here? Can I get one of those wild animals from the back of the house to come back here, control this situation? Uh, yeah, so I was thinking, you know, maybe that the VR vinyl thing, I have no idea what that is and the explanation that you had given, like, that you read about. I don't My brain has a hard time even comprehending that. Well, let me tell you something. VR and AR, you know what that is? Yeah. Virtual reality, augmented reality, augmented. and then there's a third one, MR. It's like mixed reality <laughs> yeah like that's this when stuff, one white person uses vr and a black gosh. person uses vr i think it's like a mixture of like actually virtual reality augmented reality combining with the real world that we live in okay you know what i'm saying yeah yeah all i know like the microsoft hololens where it like put stuff up on the yeah. walls yeah bro it's way closer than we think it is mm-hmm. I, internet do do a little bit of googles vr A-R-M-R. Just do a little bit of Googling. And I think if this is not, if you don't kind of like hang out, search, and live in the tech world, you'll be blown away at what we can expect to be here around the time that Black Panther gets to the movie theater. Oh, yeah. Like 2018 ain't that far away. And some of this VR and augmented reality stuff, 
is not that far off. No, no. I mean, it like, really is. Let's get it straight too. The the Oculus Rift that is a VR headset. It is here. The HTC Vive. Sony's got its own thing. I know. Uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, my brother let me use one that was compatible with his phone. The Oculus just came out with these controllers. The controllers, my dude. The controllers are like half. Like six hundred dollars, they're like six hundred dollars for the controllers. And that doesn't even count like the system itself, the headset itself. Uh, it is really, really interesting, and it Slash is scary and kinda. scary. But it's cool technology, and it is here, and it is now. Um, I, I've always wanted to play the Oculus. I haven't actually done that yet. Have you? Have you done a VR thing? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I've just seen people do Resident Evil in VR and seen them screaming, freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me not want to go anywhere near that thing. Yeah. You know, and I just wonder how many people are going to have to fall flat on their face for them to get VR right. Like how many people are going to be traumatized by VR? Yeah. And like people (laughs) going through that learning curve before it's like, oh, okay, we figured it out now. You ever play the virtual boy? No. The Nintendo Virtual Boy, swear to God, that's why I wear glasses today. Because that thing just bore lasers into my irises and ruined my sight because I was playing Wario or Mario Tennis or something like that. But hey, it was worth it. Video games. It was worth it. Video games. Yeah. Speaking of which, are we okay, let's get let's get into uh because we got some video games to talk about on our news. This we week. are we are video game heavy because we got to talk about the sony experience yeah we got a lot to talk about so let's get into some of this so first thing we found out about is the fact that telltale games is going to be putting out a new game featuring marvel's gardens of the galaxy Mm -hmm. there's a smaller like title trailer um that's out right now Mm -hmm. that looks like promising i mean just the fact that telltale and gardens of the galaxy are getting together and you know that cast of characters is great so what do you think about that i'm excited um like we've talked about this before i haven't played the batman telltale game and i would really like to i do know that their track record is awesome as far as comic books inspiring video games because that walking dead video game they made i'm gonna say this I think I like it more than the comic. Hmm. Like I was reading the comic and I played the video game and the game was fresh and being involved in it, making decisions on who lives, who dies, how you get out of situations. I mean, that was really cool. And for a comic book that's going, what issue is it on now? 160 something. I just bought it today. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. So it's way up there. Um, It's in need of big ideas, new ways of becoming a part of the story. Yeah. And I, I think that was definitely the the thing that it needed. I'm very excited about Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very excited. Uh, I'm excited about just about everything that came from that PlayStation Experience event. Yep. I, I watched a lot. Did you watch it or did you kind of see, see it afterwards? I watched the stream for a good long time. And then there would be some... It, the one that I turned off and I wish I wouldn't have because it turned out to be amazing was the uncharted lost legacy what because it was very long that and when I, like the first thing that came on well i came back to it later so i wasn't watching live i okay. mean i watched i watched the whole video like the whole thing the the announcements and the stage time and everything but like i i didn't know how long the the event would be mm-hmm. so i just couldn't keep up with it live and that I mean, it was like a 10-minute long trailer. It was nuts. Yeah. And it was You didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I kind of thought it was going to be Tomb Raider at first. That's what I thought it was. At the reveal, I was like, oh, that's Tomb Raider. And I said, wait, no, that's not not Tomb Raider. Yeah. It's Uncharted. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm really excited about Uncharted Lost Legacy, especially given that just recently I finished Uncharted 4. Yes, me too. It was amazing. Very fun. Uh, Lost Legacy Legacy looked incredible. On the Naughty Dog tip, Mm -hmm. the showstopper was The Last of Us Part 2. Right. Which I have complicated feelings toward. Okay, now, spoilers. Last of Us. Yeah. If you have not played Last of Us number one, we're going to talk about Last of Us number one. We're going to talk about what they announced in Last of Us part two. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Spoilers. It's, it's your, your fault. fault. All right. Go for it. All right. So the end of <laughs> Last of Us. We're ah! going to talk about the end of Last of Us part yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Please hear me clearly. I don't want to hear it. We've warned you. Okay. Carry on. One time for my LA women. One time for my LA Women. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Let me just talk about this game for a second. Right. Uh, okay. So, if you've played The Last of Us, the ending of the game is something that is kind of definitive. It tells a story between two characters, Joel and Ellie, from front to back. And when their story is told, it seems like the story is done. There's there's little else to say. I'm speaking from my opinion. I haven't said anything yet. And in the set, I just see, I see the brow. Right. I see the, I see the, the, the international symbol for I'm thinking. Of it. Uh, so the, the announcement of the second game was interesting to me because for me, the last of us, the first game was such a perfect, beautifully wrapped story that I feel as though we are finished the story with these characters. I don't want to revisit because the first story was so complete. I feel a similar way to Watchmen. And anytime DC says, we're going to do some more stuff with Watchmen, I'm like, no, 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 no. That it's done. That IP ran. It did exactly what it needs to do. We're done here. Now, on the flip side, I need to respect the track record of Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog only makes incredible experiences. Correct. That's it. Yeah. Everything they do is well thought yeah. through. I mean, it's not just cheap action either. Oh no. I mean, it is thoughtful. It's a movie. Genuinely moving stuff. It's it is high, high, high grade entertainment. So the announcement of Last of Us Part Two has me feeling conflicted. Like I know this will be incredible, and that teaser, that little trailer of Ellie playing the guitar and singing, and then Joel walks in, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's good to see these characters right. doing their thing. I'm glad they're okay, mm-hmm. and I, I have so many questions, but at the same time, at the core, I keep thinking to myself, but I, I don't want to go back there. I have my time with them. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to revisit that. Why? Because the the first story for me was so definitive. It was so perfect that I think in the eyes of a storyteller, I want the author to say, I have done my job and to tell me a new story. And I know this will be a new story, but I think it would be maybe more interesting if it were from the perspective of, say, totally different characters that we haven't met yet in the same universe. Because the story that I I was told, the story that I experienced from the perspective of both Joel and Ellie was so deeply moving to me, and it affected me, and I'm, I'm happy and satisfied, and I don't need any more. Well, your thoughts. So I saw PlayStation Experience. I saw Uncharted reveal. I saw watched to the end, and I saw, you know, The Last of Us trailer. Now, first thing I started thinking was, oh my gosh, 
I didn't finish The Last of Us number one. Should I be watching this? Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, uh. Right. Because here you are looking at Ellie and she's grown a bit. Right. She's older. Right. So we know at least that Ellie gets out alive. Right. And then we see Joel. We're like, we know at least Joel gets out alive. By the way, in Last of Us 1, there's just this one little throwaway line where Joel says, we get out of this alive. I'm going to teach you how to play the guitar. Right. He done did the thing. Right. That's interesting to me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just that, there's little things, you know? Yeah. So um, I watch the trailer and I say, okay. And then after the trailer, there's like a, a, a panel mm-hmm. that comes on of them talking about The Last of Us. I turn it off. I say, and I fire up The Last of Us right then and there. I say, let me go ahead and finish this game. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was in the game. I didn't know how far I had to go. But I said, I want to finish this because I want to watch this panel. I want to have conversations about it. I want to be able to discuss it. And I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. So I had Last of Us remastered and I played it. Yeah. I finished playing the game up. You know, my wife comes in asking questions as usual. I'm explaining who Ellie is and who you know, fireflies are, and are those zombies, or, you know, all the, all the question asking, explaining, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, my wife is watching slash not watching, kind of watching me play the game like a, like a movie, sitting on the sofa. And I get to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, spoilers, I'm telling you, spoilers, Ellie <clears throat> has this antidote, and apparently they have to kill Ellie in order to be able to make this vaccine to cure everybody. Yeah, so they, the, the, I, I think the assumption is that it is in her brain. Yeah. And we need her where, brain. Yeah. Uh, in order to engineer. Exactly. To save the world. Right. Yeah. So Joel basically says, I, I, it's, it ain't going down like that. You know, because Joel. Shoots the people, the surgeons. Yeah. Joel goes in there, slash you go in there. And well, I shot the one person that pulled the knife on me. Yeah. He pulled the knife on me. You got to die. Yeah. The other two, I let them live. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should have let them live. I should have, mm-hmm. maybe I should have killed everybody. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't Did even you kill everybody I think, in the room? I think I tried to resist killing anyone, but I ended up what? killing everybody. Resist killing anyone? No, they... I mean, like in that scene, I was just like, I don't know what to do. This is complicated. This is the reason that we have come. So far, the person pulled the knife on me. They had to die. Yeah, I'm not gonna turn my back on that person. <laughs> that one got to go. Um, so you know, you grab Ellie. Ellie's unconscious. You're running out. It's very emotional. You know, and you get take the elevator down, and you get to this point. You have to shoot the girl, and you get in the car, and you you know they're driving off, and Ellie's asking, "What happened? Why am I in these ridiculous clothes?" And Joel says, "Ultimately, look, you know, you aren't the only person who has." Um, an immunity. There are multiple other people. They stop looking for a vaccine. So we cut to this other scene and they're kind of walking back to what looks like civilization, walking back through the way you just came through. Mind you, this game is very involved. Mm. A lot of strategy, strategy, sneaking around. Do I use the crossbow? Do I need to be quiet? Do Uh, I need to engage that that thing even at all? You know, especially that last piece where you got to go through the sewer and the buses and do I go in through here and do I shoot this person because you got the big bloaters and the water and the bus going underneath and like all, you got to go through all of this stuff to even get in the building and then you have to get her out of the building to come to a point where she goes to promise me everything you said is true about the fireflies mm-hmm. promise me he goes i promise credits and i'm like hold up i know good and well that's not the end of this game i think you were robbing the emotional impact i know 
good and well, that's not the end of this game. So I wait for a Marvel moment. I wait for a Marvel oh, studio. Wait, after the credits? I, I waited for the whole, I was like, because there's got to be more. <laughs> there's got to be more of a payoff. There's got to be more coming. Like, you didn't, you didn't, like, that's too deep of a moment to just kind of sum up in two sentences. Octavia said me. That's the point, though. That's too deep of a moment to sum up in two sentences to me. Now, when you're saying it's such a perfect ending, it's so conclusive, there's nothing else to say, I 100% disagree. You got some explaining to do. There's a lot more to say. There's a lot more to talk about. There's a lot more stuff I don't know. What happened to the fireflies? Where are the rest of all these people who are immune? Are they alive? Why didn't they take the stuff out of their brain? You know, Joe just lied to her. Are we going to address that? Are we going to deal with that? Like, <laughs> so, hold up, hold up. You know up. what I mean? Like, like and I, she and and she's clearly pissed off about something, and she's even questioning the fact. What? Why is she even asking? Is Joe telling the truth? Oh, yo, you like? Do you know that she's onto it though? Like, but you what just I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, so the first thing I do is I text two people who I know have played this game. I text my friend Adam Tedderis, Adam Jermaine Tedderis. Jermaine Cole. Jermaine Cole. (laughs) And then I text my buddy Adam Dedick. Two Adams. Mm -hmm. Two Adams who I know have played this game. When I text them the exact same thing, tell me that's not the end of this game. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it? And then Adam and I are texting back and forth. And I'm just like, yo, that was so abrupt. Like... We did all of that. I did a lot in this game to get to this point just to, like, just quickly go to black and then give me credits. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the game. I had fun. I understand what happened. I just feel like they didn't show me an emotional payoff. Well, given the the, uh, experience of the rest of the game and the emotional impact of so many other scenes, the characters you meet, Mm -hmm. the the way that the game plays out. I mean, every experience is packed with something that you could talk about for a long time. I agree. Right? So I'm curious, what do you think was the intention behind ending it like that? I don't really know. Now, I know I still haven't played Left Behind, Mm -hmm. and I know that Left Behind kind of like clarifies the point between where Joe got really injured and Ellie deals with the the guys and that whole snow winter scene. So there's like a piece in between and I'm assuming playing left behind addresses and deals with that. Left behind is primarily a story Wait, about, I need to, I'm not going to spoil that? nothing, okay. not going to spoil nothing. But so, you know, left behind is primarily a story about, um, Ellie before she met Joel oh. and her friend. Wait, you're telling me too much. That's all to... you need to know. And okay. her friend. Okay. So like, and there's a, there's a conversation in the game where Ellie says, I had a friend yes. with the fireflies. I remember. Yeah. So it's about those two. Right. So it, it's not going to give you anything that's going to help you with the ending yeah. of the proper game. So why do I think they ended it that way? I really don't know. I just know that my preference is that you show me and make me care mm-hmm. about the ending. Don't take for granted that, you know, it just didn't land to me. You know what I mean? Like that moment really left me like, where are you, where are you going? Wait, mm-hmm. well, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. Cause you just, pres- cause you know what the problem is? You seal, you, you, through the whole movie, you present an issue, you close it. You present an issue, you close it. You present an issue, you close it. You present an issue, black. And it's like, hold on, hold on, Adam. Hold on, Adam. Hold on. Hold I'm on. biting the microphone. I know. You just presented a whole new issue of 
Tell me you told the truth. I did. You are clearly lying and I know you're lying. And then you shut it off. Like we're not going to address that. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to flesh that out or unpack that, or at least somehow create some sort of moment. Like, I mean, I just really was left like, yo, you got to explain that to me. You got to, you got to, you got to bring that home. Had you not presented that issue, I think I would have been more kind of okay with him riding off into the sunset. You know what I'm saying? Like if he would have just said like, Hey, yo, you know what I mean? Like they're not looking for it anymore. And they would have just kind of rode off. And I was like, Oh, okay. As a father, he wants to protect his, you know, kind of daughter, daughter character from that. And now they're going to ride off and now they're going to ride to the sunset. But since they presented this new issue, then it's like, well, now you have to address that. Mm. You can't just walk away and not address that. And that's exactly what they did until part two, which is like, okay, hopefully we're going to address. I want to kill every single one of them. Who is them? Is she talking about the fireflies? The fireflies because yeah. they're all humans that were dead in that building, you know? Yeah, and we saw she, the firefly symbol. Uh, right. Think, yeah, in, so, in the town. And I'm kind of like, okay, maybe they intentionally kind of left the cliffhanger like the end of an episode. You know, or end of a movie, because you're going to go, oh, I guess they're going to address that in part two. Mm-hmm. And since I know that there's a part two, I think I have, like, the under, the, the like, the, 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 be able to go, oh, okay, I'm not that mad. Plus, there's the other piece I was talking to Adam about, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm a part of the Blackout Congregation. Okay, so you're talking about, the, the, the fact is, it is 2016. Right. This game came out, I think, in 2013, maybe something like, something that. like that, maybe yeah. 2014. Yeah. So you've had a lot of time for a lot of people, either in person or online, mm-hmm. to tell you everything to think about this the game. This is amazing. Yeah. I wept at the end. I was bawling my eyes out. It's so sad. It's so beautiful. It's the most amazing story, the most amazing video game I've ever seen. And I'm just like expecting a 15 out of 10, you know? So I'm coming to the end ready to cry. Like I grown man, I'm like, I could use a good cry. I'm ready to cry. I'm ready for Joel to die. I'm ready for Ellie to die. I'm ready for Joel to sacrifice himself for Ellie. I'm ready for Ellie to get seriously injured trying to save Joel. And I'm ready. I'm ready for all of that. And then Cut the black. This is a, like, it, this is a case of of definitely, definitely, definitely like skewed influence expectations. Yeah, and, you know? and, I, and I think that that plays a role because if I had just gone in dark, gone in black, not known anything, you always go in black. You got you got to stay black. Is the point? Stay black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's that. You know what? Black a congregation. Stay black. Stay black. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. We just figured it out. Until, yeah, but I mean, until it comes out. Until and then, after that, then you know you can bring that all this to the colors in. Uh, but yeah, I really think that you know I went inspecting the fifteen out of ten, and then I got a nine and a half, maybe ten, and I was like, oh. But I still feel that. But you pointed out you kind of respond this way to these kind of endings. Yeah, yeah. So one of the thi- a couple of things that I thought of, you know, you and I have a disagreement on the the quality of the movie Arrival. Correct, and, and, I'm, and I'm right, and you're wrong in science. <laughs> well, that's case closed. Thank you so much for joining us on Comic Book Junto, episode fifty. Uh, but it's you know, fifty. I think it's it's definitely apparent, like the the level of comfort or fulfillment that you and I derive from open-ended questions where I really like when something pokes me 
and then I have to sit and think about it and it won't give me answers. I something that I like. One of the things that I don't like that I see as a trend in a lot of movies and stories is the over explanation of things that I don't think is yeah, you're necessary. Telling me you're not showing me. Yeah. So like, you know, I don't need Freddy Krueger's origin story. Stop. Just let me experience. Oh, that was my plan the whole time. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I like, I, I really like to have these moments of provocation where, you know, especially in a video game or a comic book, places that you don't necessarily expect those things to arrive, uh, to, to, to touch you and be like, I'm just going to put this out here and you must chew on that. I think that's kind of formative for me in terms of the way that I like to appreciate stories. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fun for me because it means all I want to do is talk through that and devour it with other people. And, and it also kind of, I think it, it balances the way that I look at life in general. I'm never, ever going to get the answers. I'm just never going to get the answers, but I'm going to spend time chewing on the questions and I need to find some comfort in uncertainty mm. and the, the experience, the destination is the journey, right? So like when I, when I did play Last of Us, I played it, I must have beaten it within a week mm. because I was obsessed with it and I had never seen anything quite like it other than Uncharted maybe. Right. And I thought it was really poignant that the reason Last of Us has those, you know, those graphic killing sequences death sequences when you kill somebody in in uncharted you feel it mm -hmm. you know you choke them out mm -hmm. you feel it it happens for longer than comfortable right you know what i mean you mean you mean last of us yeah last of us when when joel Shift goes somebody, up somebody yeah yeah or or when you choke someone mm -hmm. you know it's not just like karate chop and the guy goes down and uh part of the reason that i believe that is the case is in uncharted you got nathan drake running around it's tons of fun nathan drake's good guy hamming it up being cheese but he kills like thousands of people over the course of that game. Yeah. And so within the context of his character, you're like, this dude is, he's a mass murderer. Yeah. He's like committing a genocide mm. and cracking jokes. So Naughty Dog responds, the studio responds and says, we're going to make a game where things are a little more impacting and a little more emotional. When you kill someone, we're going to make you deal with that. We're going to make you feel it. It's not like jumping on a Goomba's head in Mario. Right. You know, we, we're going to make you look at it. Um, and I thought that was really interesting and all that stuff got packaged up for me in a, a provocative way. And then when it ends, I thought, I can't have a happy ending. Joel can't have a happy ending. He's got to live with this on him all the time. Ellie can't have a happy ending because I think she suspects what happened. No one's going to have a happy ending here. Dang. And I walked away with that, like trying to think, is that, was that the point? I don't know. And I spent even up till right now, it is December 7th, 2016. I'm still talking about this game. Like, I love it. I love it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much as well. Yeah. I just ain't, I just don't think there's a way to do that. I <clears throat> see. I think that is the way like I, that's for a, me, that, that's, that, that's that was, that was the pedigree. Like they set this standard for this emotional beat that hit me and left me. And I it felt, it like felt that. like a loss to me. I felt like I'm, I lost something. Yeah. My wife was watching me play it and my wife literally says out loud, that's it. <laughs> well, okay. Look, okay. Look, she's like, let's she, just, she, goes, she this. says, Wait, you just you took all that time to go into that building just to run out and drive off, and then that's it. Like, it, yeah. it, there was really a feeling of like, 
whoa, there's got to be more than that. But that scene when they're driving in the car and he, Joel looks in the mirror and he looks like she's sleeping peacefully. Right. And there's this just this moment of reflection of all of the tumult that we have gone through to right. get to this point. Right. The things that I just did right yes. now. I killed innocent people who want to save You'd the world. You'd only come after her. Right. Yeah. And, and this just this... And m- if they had <laughs> rode off into the sunset, I would have felt like, ah... Can't be that easy. Even if he would have lied to her, which he did in the car, yeah, and then she just kind of goes, hmm, made like a, a kind of scrunched her face up and just said, ah, oh, well, you know, that like that would be okay. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like if you and I are having a conversation and we've been talking for three hours, yeah, right, and I say, you know what, I want to ask you something. Never mind. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> no. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go? No. What was that? I think Adam. I think Adam. I, I think if you I think, and I have a conversation for three hours, and we come to a conclusion. And I go, "Oh, I wanted to ask you something about Timory," and you go, "Okay, what? Oh, uh, ne- never mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you later." Yo, you, but like, you, you would be like, "Yo, you want to ask me something about my girlfriend? What did you want to ask me?" Yeah, but the, the context. I think when you change the context, a lot changes, right? So again, the medium is the message. So when you're mm-hmm. playing a video game and someone is delivering a story to you, and they do that, they have the license to do that. Whereas but if I don't you have and I, like it. If, no, that's correct. But if you and I are having a parlay and I do that. That's like, hold up. <laughs> you weren't telling me a story. Like you, you were delivering me something. Correct. I was participating in this thing with Correct. you. And the expectations I think are a little bit different. I think they're But different. that's what I'm saying. I'm participating in this with you, Naughty Dog. Yeah. I'm playing the movie. I am an active part of the movie slash game. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not done. I want to make the controller ask more questions and engage more. Like <laughs> you're like slamming the Xbox. That's not enough for what? me. <laughs> like I want more. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, you presented another like as a storyteller, you could you kind of gave me, you landed me down and then you picked it back up again. And then you ended it with me in the air. And it's kind of like there's a way to kind of and I and I struggle to think of a moment that does this well. And I'll think about it over like the next week. And I'm sure by episode 51, I'll have a couple. Have examples. you seen no country for old men? You remember that yes, movie? But I don't remember it. The, the, the end of that movie is very, very, very similar. And I remember when I saw it, Tommy Lee Jones is describing a dream that he was having mm-hmm. and he's sitting there and he's describing this dream. And then he says, and then I woke up and then the movie ends and then the credits roll. And I remember just thinking like, what? Did I just see what was that? And just trying to unpack things for a little bit before I spoke. And these kids behind me in the movie theater, these kids stand up and they go, hey, hey, no, no, no. Like, just like they were not okay with it. I swear they must have walked out and asked for a refund. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. I would say here's an example of a way that kind of ends without giving clarity that would have been a great place to stop, but they didn't, and then it got worse. The Matrix. The Matrix, number one, the- could have ended, spoilers, if you haven't seen The Matrix, decades later, with Neo swooping off into the air and us going, what happens now? Do the aliens win? Does Neo win? All of these questions, it's kind of unclear, but I have enough satisfaction to go, 
I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Could have completely stopped the Matrix right there. That would have been ne- a good thing. And never done another one. Yeah. But then you come with Reloaded. And you go, oh, so now there are more questions you're raising up. And then Revolution. And then Reloaded kind of ends without answering those questions. And you go, oh, that third one, they're going to tie all the knots. The third one comes and you're like, what? You just presented a whole bunch more questions, but didn't answer anything. I hate that. I hate it. You should have just stopped at the car when you lie. You should have stopped at the lie and ended the game. <laughs> by by that off. logic, by that logic, a bad ending for this game for me would have been if Joel says, yep, they don't need you. And he puts glasses on and just flies away. And be like, what? How did that? When Wait. Did, right in between what the naughty happened in that I know this is three years late. But what's going on here? Was this was this because of the draft thing? Or the dra- the, why, how did he dream he, the drafts? How, how he made Cool Monster. Right. How did he make Cool Monster? Oh, yeah. I, Last of Us, man. I could geek out. I could do a whole podcast on Last of Us. But yeah, these are the. This is a tweet argue, text arguments Adam and I had yesterday. And we're like, <laughs> wait till we get on the show. We're gonna talk about this. But something we agree on: Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite is officially announced. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers herself mm-hmm, is in it. Mm-hmm. It looks so dope. Infinity Stones are in it. The Infinity Stones. It looks like you can use the Infinity Stones to affect the gameplay. I have no idea what that even means. Charging Star. Yeah, uh, I, I saw a video that showed Captain America and Morrigan from the Darkstalkers. I'm, I'm so excited. One thing that's interesting about this, they went to only teams of two. It used to be teams right, of three. right. And now they're going back to teams of two. Did you see the actual playable, like the gameplay? Yeah. Yeah. Gameplay looks great. It reminds me of all the other games. Now, (laughs) we got a tweet requesting for us to um, put our dream list of people who we want to put in Marvel vs. Capcom um, Infinite. Oh, word. Mm -hmm. From either Marvel or... Okay. Yeah. Man Thing, obviously. Right. I want Man Thing to be in the game. That would be very special. Capcom, thank you for listening. Thank you for the five stars and the positive mm-hmm. comment. Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, and I really want Man Thing in on the Marvel side. Mm-hmm. And who else would I like from Marvel? Mm, how about who do who do I want from Capcom? I really like Darkstalkers, the fighting games. I don't even know enough about Capcom. Capcom, I don't, games? I, I don't have like their. IP in my head. I yeah. just know Street Fighter. Like, yes, yeah. it. I can't really. Resident say. Evil is an example. Oh, okay. Mega Man and, okay. and Zero. Um, uh, man, it, I, I don't know. Like some of the Mega Man characters that are interesting to me. I think it would be cool to have some of those old, old, old school Mega Man bosses. Like Bubble Man is up in there. Cut Man is up in there. That'd be kind of cool. Kind of like how. Um, you know what I uh, think about Super Smash Brothers does from time to time? They put the supporting cast in there. I think about video games now and think about video games back in the day. Video games back in the day were not created for you to beat. Like, yeah. oh, they were not created. Like, I think about Mega Man just getting frustrated and just throwing the controller down. <laughs> Metroid, just like, forget it. Yeah. Ninja Turtles, forget it. Like, I'm just never going to beat this game. And you don't play the game to beat them. Like, I mean, I just never played games to beat them back in the day. I played them to play them. Yeah, you know, like it wasn't conclusion, but now video games are all about the conclusion. Like, like it's about playing it till the end, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I just think about that as I'm playing Last of Us. It's like I'm 100 percent sure I'm going to beat this game. Like I am going to succeed in 
completing this game. There's no question in my mind if. Now, I may take a couple tries. Yeah. You know, but I when may, you sit down and you play, you, you are know definitely going to do you're it. You're going to beat the game. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it, I remember playing uh, Nintendo Entertainment System with my dad, and we just never get yeah. to the end. Metroid, I just never, I just got to the point where I was like, I'm going to get to that part and then and then that's that. It. Yeah. I'm just going to, let me get to World 6 in Super Mario Brothers 3 and nothing exists after that. You get to World 6 and then uh, uh, Mario and Luigi are walking in there and Luigi is like, hey Mario, did did they really not need my brain back there? And Mario's like, yeah, they, they didn't need it. And right. then the game just ends. They just drive off and for into all, the sunset. For all I know, it's a Mario Kart. There's no World Seven. There's no World Eight. Right. Nah, forget it. Yeah, I could think of a lot of characters that I would like to see in these games because I really like Capcom games. I definitely want Black Panther. Ooh. I want Power Man. He must I think the the movie characters yeah. are going to be in this? I mean, it would be wise. Yeah. I'd love to see Rocket Raccoon, Groot. Yeah. I don't know if they'd be together. Would they be together? That could be. I could see. Well, I could probably see them being separate. Rocket, I could see them hanging out. Like Groot is a huge character, and Rocket is Rocket's on the like shoulder. shoulder, or something yeah. like that. Or but Rocket Ro- has been in the game before. Or it's Rocket and Baby Groot. Well, that'd be something. Or what if that's like a, a like an alternate? Now nah, then they had to change their moves too. What's that? Like if they did an alternate of Rocket and Baby Groot being on his shoulder. Oh, okay, like okay. An alternate skin, but then they'd have to change their moves. Yeah. So Rocket Groot. Um, Black Panther for sure. Um, Power Man, Iron Fist. Who else would I like to see? Um, Miles Morales. Oh man, yo! If they Kamala put Khan. If, if they put Spidey in the game, I would love at least to have a Miles variant. No, I want Miles color. I actually want Miles. I would love to have Miles because Captain he's, America, Sam Wilson. Miles has different moves, so Correct. I would love to see that. Yeah, Cap, uh, Sam Wilson, Cap with the wings and everything. That would be very dope. Mm-hmm. That would be very dope. I want to uh, uh, Hank Pym so we can get big and small. Ooh. You know, do Ant-Man, Giant-Man kind of thing. Right. That would be really cool. Yeah. Man, I can The biggest thing I really want to see is Black Panther. Yeah. That's what I really want. I want man thing, for sure. And on the Cap count, Ca- Capcom side, I want some of the old Mega Man bosses. That's what's up. You remember Dino Crisis? You ever played Dino Crisis? I know that, but I don't can't see it in my head. There was a character named Regina. She was the main character of that. It was like Resident Evil, but dinosaurs. Uh, what? Yeah, it was good. How does that even make sense? It it was Resident I mean, Evil dinosaurs. It played in a really similar way. It was it, it it was a very similar control setup, and it was like just opening doors and finding stuff and shooting dinosaurs. All right. Yeah. Sure. Good game. All right. And by the way, Marvel on. Uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is available to be downloaded from PlayStation. Also an excellent game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go into a little bit of TV. Are you familiar with Conor McGregor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although I see that he's in the news now and I'm not entirely sure. Was he attempting to get into boxing? I saw... So Conor McGregor is the two-weight class champion of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is mixed martial arts. Um, Conor McGregor is honestly one of the greatest talents that we've seen in mixed martial arts. He's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Conor McGregor recently um, got to the point where he's like, look, you know, I'm having a son. If you want me to keep doing this, I got two belts, two different weight classes. You're going to guys going to have to come talk to me, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. give me a deal. Give me a percentage of the company. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like he's saying, look, I know my worth. I've made you guys a lot of money. I made a lot of money with you guys. Kind of looking at his future. Like, where's it going? Yeah. You know, hook me up. Yeah. So they stripped him of one of the belts. Oh. 
Well, took that's one, a way of reacting. Took one of the belts away from him. So mm-hmm. he's saying he's still the, you know, two di- like double weight class champion, but UFC took the belt away from him. Gotcha. So he signed up to, he's been beefing back and forth with Floyd Mayweather mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, he'll fight him for a hundred million dollars. We cash, talked about that. We so talked so about so. this on the show. Yeah. Dang. So he's been saying that back and forth. So he's going out. And you said this is a bad idea for McGregor. Connor, like, it's not. I, no, I mean, like the, you're not gonna beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. Yeah, if you if it's a mixed martial arts fight, then of course you're gonna wipe the floor with Floyd. That's Mayweather. a different thing. And we're not talking about it being we're not talking about it being a flashy win. Yeah. We're not talking about it being a fu- a fun fight to watch. Floyd Mayweather is not fun to watch. No, but you're not going to beat Floyd Mayweather at his sport. Yeah. He will make it boring. And long and annoying. Yeah. But you're not going to beat him. He might not hit you a lot, but you ain't going to beat him. Yeah. You know, so I've seen a lot of people talk and talk and talk about Conor McGregor's got hands. If he hits you, he puts you to sleep. Floyd Mayweather's arguably, 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 people will argue the fact. I'm not saying I agree. Yep. Arguably one of the, if not arguably one of the best boxers of all time. (sighs) All time. You don't have to like him. You don't have to. He doesn't have to be your favorite. But you cannot deny that that man is a, amazing at the sport of boxing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I'm not saying Floyd Mayweather, if he hit him flush, he would knock him out. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that if Conor McGregor connected, he would knock him out. He would. Mm-hmm. He totally. He totally would put him to sleep. Mm-hmm. But can you touch Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. If you're some of the best boxers on planet Earth, Manny Pacquiao could barely touch the dude. Mm-hmm. You're gonna come in from the UFC and you're gonna. Now, understand, Floyd, you know, Conor McGregor's in his 20s. Floyd is close to 40 and all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Yada, yada, yada. But Conor McGregor has said, look, I went and I got a boxing license. Let's make moves. Mm-hmm. So there's all that talk about Floyd Mayweather and the news, all that kind of stuff. What's Floyd Mayweather going to do next? Is he going to fight Floyd Mayweather? Is he going to, you know, go for another championship? Is he going to go to WWE? Is he going to this, that, and the other thing? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Turns out he did. he's going to do something that none of us saw coming. Uh-huh. He's going to be in Game of Thrones. What? This is what the rumors are saying. That that Conor McGregor is going to star in Game of Thrones. He'll he, be in He's going to be in Is there how many seasons left? One or two? I have no idea. I think because I know the books aren't even finished yet, so I don't know. Yep. So the word on the street is Conor McGregor is looking at being in the next Game of Thrones season. Huh. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, he looks like he belongs in Game of Thrones. He's well, got he that was, big he, beard. He was in the most recent um, Call of Duty. Oh, was he? he? Played a role in that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, do it. Get it, Conor McGregor. I mean, like, if you're going to be in Game of Thrones, at least you can not actually have to fight anybody. Is he going to just show up on set and start tearing people apart? In a report from Sunday Life, a newspaper in Belfast, Ireland, Conor McGregor will appear at some point in the final two seasons of Game of Thrones. While there's no details on who he could be playing, the paper sources uh, state that McGregor has already filmed his scenes. Hmm. So, who knows? You know Mm. what I mean? It Mm -hmm. could be nonsense. It could be true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be something that you filmed a couple scenes and then, you know, he's still fighting. Who knows? But that's just all more news and this whole, you know, Conor McGregor, 
conversation. Well, uh, Game of Thrones is on HBO, uh, and it is a huge, huge, huge program. As I, well gotten, as. I haven't gotten past season one. I know, I know. Have you watched Westworld, by the way? Show sure enough have. Okay, so you watched the finale? Yes, I have. All right, so the Westworld finale has, Spoilers. has been shown. Spoilers. Spoilers. Three, two, one. It's your fault. You're in Westworld now. Spoilers. Um, Spoilers. The finale came out. Spoilers. And let's talk about how this is the antithesis to the, the Last of Us ending, in that Last of Us opened up some questions and then ended. And Westworld seems to have closed the book on just about all the questions that are brought up. But no, uh-uh. this is a great example of how to end something with questions, but it be satisfying. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Do you uh, know what I'm saying? Like, so who, who's, uh, man, I don't know anybody's name. The man in black. Okay. His name is spoilers. William. William. So his whole thing is like, look, what does it matter if they can't fight back? What kind of game is this? You know, I really want them to fight back. Mm-hmm. So this guy, we find out he's actually William, who's been in love with Dolores the whole time. Mm-hmm. He, you know, ends used to up, be like good guy, Will Billy. Now he's the now he's the bad guy. He's the black hat and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. When they all revolt, we find out he owns a majority share of Westworld. We find out that he's kind of a bitter old guy. But he's a good guy in, in the real world. He ends up getting shot in the shoulder when, like, the the the, 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 meat, the meat locker revolts, yeah. and he half smiles. Yeah, he's happy. We about don't it. know what happens with him, but there's enough. There's enough of a conclusion for me to go. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. satisfied. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened with Maeve. Yeah, we just know that Maeve got on the train and then thought Everything twice. And she's coming back. Shuts what down. that what that means is uh, Maeve was programmed for the to, sole purpose of escaping. To leave. And she to went against her program. To the world. Right. Which means, you know, I, I guess the suggestion is she's reached some level of consciousness. Right. Which is a big deal. Um, because the maze, as it's been talked about, is consciousness, the mm-hmm. uh, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, not just being, not just abiding by your programming. Right. Um, I, I was satisfied by the finale. Right. I enjoyed it. I will say, Dolores, however, I watched it twice. Is Wyatt? And I fell asleep both times. Wait a minute. So you didn't see the end. And then I watched it a third time and filled in the gaps. Okay. So it was a 90-minute episode. Yes. And when I would get around to it, I don't know what would happen, but every time Ford, Anthony Hopkins, would speak, I'm just Oh, what? Huh? Huh? Albert. Albert. It was just my partner. Arnold. 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 Is it Arnold or Albert? Arnold. Oh. Yeah. So I I enjoyed it, but it took me a little while. Yeah. I'm not saying that was my review, but I man, I just could not. So maybe we don't know what happened with her. Um well, you're uh, saying we don't know what happened, but I mean, like something big happens. Well, we know we we don't. We, last thing we saw her was was on the train deck with all the lights going out. She's going back for her daughter. Right, right. Well, we think that we don't know. Yeah, we 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 don't know. But and we don't know why all the lights went out. We don't know what that was all about. Mm-hmm. Was that the now you can't leave? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Was mm-hmm. that the situation where none of the people in the gala can leave? We saw everybody in the trees, all the people from the meat locker who mm-hmm. apparently have revolted. Um, can they not play the or, or pay the, the electric bill down in the basement at Westworld? Because like all of those bodies down in the basement, they're in this like dank, wet basement. Lights are flickering. The whole rest of the laboratory is like state of the art. Mm-hmm. And they put these incredible pieces of technology 
down in these pools of trash. water? Because it's trash. But they stand them up. I mean, just like burn it, recycle it. It's not sustainable is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, they got not a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Dolores mm-hmm. is Wyatt now. Is Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy, apparently, is still Wyatt's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. Um, Ish. Sort of. Kind of. Yeah. And Ford is dead, so we think, unless that's part of this grand scheme thing. Tessa Thompson, is she? does she die? Does she survive? There's a lot of questions we don't know the answer to. And we know. And what is Samurai World? Yeah, Samurai World. What's that about? Yeah. And what, what's the guy who's basically been Maeve's android the whole time? Uh, the uh, the Asian guy, yeah. uh, Felix? Felix. Some, something like yeah, that. Felix. What, what are the consequences and repercussions to that? Is he, now, is he now their pet? I kept thinking about this. I'm like, Felix, you were taking this one step too far. You were the worst. Ten steps ago. Yes. Like, Felix, start saying no. Felix, when Maeve woke up and she says, put in the Konami code. I want up, extra up, down, lives. down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B. So Felix, let's start. put the controller down, dog. Like, just, nah. They say... No, no, this guy. Yeah, Does I don't want to blame says. it all, on Felix. But come on, it's kind of Felix's fault. It's all Felix. <laughs> and then it turned into Doom slash Duke Nukem at the end. Inside, yeah, yeah that was crazy. Yeah, with the armistice, the the blonde woman with the the snake tattoos and everything. Yeah. She was cool. Yeah, you know the one thing about this show that just drives me nuts is the. The amount of nudity in the show has is now surpassed Game of Thrones. People just sitting around butt naked. Always. And like, I'm, we're cool with that. I'm cool with that. But there's, at times in the background, there's just sex or sexual activities happening. And I can't help but think somewhere in the production meetings for the show, somebody says, have we hit a quota for all of the sex that needs to be in an episode? No. No, we're only at 26. Put three more scenes in there. Let me just, let's just get them in the background. I just want them in there. And I keep thinking about Last of Us, thoughtful media, like the, what it shows me is thoughtful. Everything is is significant and has value. And then sometimes I watch Westworld and I'm like, this was just tossed in here. Adam, the large majority of people come to Westworld to kill people and screw people. Yeah, I get that. That's why they come. So you figure they spend a lot of time making sure people have pretty good sex. Yeah, I, I get that. People but like, they won their money back. I was told by Westworld that I could come here <laughs> and kill people and have sex. But that thing has been established tenfold. And at a certain point, if you're making commentary about that thing and human behavior, but you're doing it so often that you're just it, you're just contributing to it, I don't know. I mean, like... People are racist. I'm just going to say racial epitaphs over and over and over again. Okay, I see what you're doing. But at a certain point, if you keep doing it, I'm going to start putting up my eyebrow and saying, you're contributing. Hmm. So I think there's a little bit of HBO-ness happening. Oh, yeah. This is how HBO... Have you seen Insecure? Yeah, I get it. This is how that's a whole this is how thing. they like, do things. In in Insecure, when they use when when sex was happening in Insecure, it, it moved the plot forward. I agree. It was a piece of I it. agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So there's that. And it was good. It looked good. Team Lawrence. Okay? <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, there is a there's value. Uh, and anyway, Westworld is ended, and the theories can end. And uh uh, or maybe not. The There's some ended. You, got, stuff. you got season two, but season two is coming. They got yeah. clear. They got uh, approved for season two. Uh, speaking of season two, Marvel Netflix have confirmed yeah. Luke Cage season two moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Very, very, very sparse on details. We don't know when. All we know is Pop's shop is put back together. 
Yeah. And season two is coming back. It looks like um, Chio Hadari. How do you say his name? Coker. Coker. Chio Hadari Coker. Chio Hadari Coker is back behind the wheel because he's the one who tweeted it. Yeah. So that's good news. Yeah. He did a good job the first time around. Make sure that the final villain does not have a ridiculous costume. Please. (sighs) Yeah. Costumes a little nutty. Let's just f- make sure that that final villain isn't just a, a literal fisticuff showdown. It was just punching each other in the head. That's all the Harlem looked at him. Right. What they gonna do? I don't know. What you gonna do when Luke Cage is punching somebody? What you gonna be like? Like get in the middle of it? I don't know. It just didn't seem very hot. You know, you this dude chop somebody in the top of their head. <laughs> <laughs> they passed the person passed out. What are you going to do about it? Okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Yes. We have our first full trailer. For some reason, Marvel is using the word teaser here. Marvel or whomever used that word. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. What is this about? That's not, what is that teasing? What are you teasing? It's a full two plus minute trailer. Are you what teasing? else do I need to see? You're teasing? Blackout Congregation? That's it. Yeah, this is all. That's it. Yeah. You don't need to see anything else. It was a good trailer. They showed you a bunch of scenes, but they didn't give you a whole lot of plot. Yep. They didn't show you who the villain was. They didn't show you what the motivations of people were. They didn't show you who was doing what for what reason yep. or anything like that. They just showed you awesome visuals that didn't explain too much. And they showed you funny jokes. A lot cool. of good jokes. Good. Yeah. Plenty. You've seen all the characters. That's all I need. I'm going to see. I probably didn't need that because I was going to go see it anyway. Oh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, Baby Groot steals the show. Love it. And then Drax. Yes. Yo. Who would have thought? You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> Who would have thought that he would be so good in this role? Drax is on point. It's I love it. <laughs> we got our first look at <laughs> nothing Mantis. goes over my head. Nothing. Can we catch it? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited uh, about Guardians Volume Two. Looks great. Uh, this news I, I haven't read up on. Um, maybe you have some insight on this. What is this? Yeah, so you know, people just talk to different people who are parts of the the movie. So in conversation with Vin Diesel, he's talking about how he believes slash he would like to see um, a Rocket and Groot spinoff after Guardians of the Galaxy and how it's a possibility. He's mm. just kind of saying um, if he has any like can give any insight into like what's going on with James Gunn, he knows that that's something James Gunn wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it's something that could be a possibility because apparently he's talked to James Gunn, James Gunn about it before. So it's not something that's going on the slate. It's not something that's official. It's more just kind of just like discussion that Vin Diesel saying. So I've also read that Vin Diesel says sometime in the future, unclear when Hulk and Groot will fight each other in a movie. He said that Vin Diesel. Yeah. He said that out of his mouth. Mm hmm. Man, I don't know. So, I, yeah, I don't know either because I don't really know what that looks like. Because, I mean, you know, Groot's made of wood and the Hulk is the Hulk. Right. So, I, I don't know what the context of that would be. Maybe he is hinting towards something that we might see in the next Hulk movie. Because, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Ock, but we haven't really seen any details at all about Hulk Ragnarok. Thor. Or, I'm sorry, Thor. Thor is what I'm talking about. Thor right. Ragnarok. Right. And we know that the Hulk is going to be in uh, Thor Ragnarok. We just don't have any other pieces of information. We know Tessa Thompson. Right. She's going to be there. We know Tessa Thompson. It's also Westworld. Yeah. So, I don't know. Apparently, she makes it out of the gala. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She gets out of Asgard. Hey, screw this. I'm going to space. <laughs> Forget it. Y'all, y'all don't listen down here, see? Yeah. I got to get out of here. Spider-Man. 
Right. So there's a slight, small, little 16-second something, something that's out on Twitter, Instagram, on the interwebs, saying that there's going to be a Spider-Man Homecoming trailer tomorrow on what, what, what? Late show? Jimmy Kimmel? I think Jimmy Kimmel. I think so. So the first, and for me, probably only Spider-Man Homecoming trailer that I will be watching is coming out tomorrow. Slash, when you're listening to this, probably on Thursday the 8th. So today, as you're listening. Right now. Mm -hmm. This evening, Spider-Man trailer is coming out. We got this little, this is a teaser, okay? This is how you do a teaser. Right, seconds long. Don't give me a pot with some incense in it. That's, Ar- no, fist. That ain't, Don't that, that give ain't me nothing. a four minute long trailer, Guardians of the Galaxy, and call right. it a teaser. Right. This yeah, right. we get a little bit of footage. Jean Favreau's in there. Uh Tony Stark has sent something to Peter Parker, and we see the web wings. That webbing in between his arms. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Looks good. I can't wait to see it. Looks very good. Speaking of trailers, did you see the Mummy trailer? Yeah, and I'm pissed. Because? Because I like the the old mummies. Brendan Fraser and everything. You know, they, they were fun. They were kind of dorky spinoffs almost. This is Mission Impossible Mummy. Yeah, this was... It, it felt more like an Indiana Jones kind of vibe where it was fun and it was exciting and it was thrilling. You remember that whole thing oh, yeah. with that face in the sand? And yeah. It was good. Yeah. Emotep. And... Yeah, this is Mission Impossible Mummy, and it's look. It looks really dark and violent, and I don't know. It looks Tom Cruise. It, it is it looks, <laughs> okay. Mission Tom Impossible. Cruise, Mission Impossible. Tom Jack Cruise, Reacher, Jack Reacher. Jack, Tom, take, Jack Reacher takes on the Mummy. Edge of Tomorrow, the Mummy. Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher. Uh, I'm. It looks beautiful, right? And that sequence where all the birds come flying at the plane. Wow, that's interesting. The yeah. plane's going down. That's interesting. Looks like it's a it's a woman mummy. Yeah, it seems that woman, way. Woman, villain, woman, whatever. I don't know exactly. Yeah, uh, um, a mummess, a mummia. I'm not really what? sure. Yeah, mommy. Isn't it mummy just a mummy? Gender neutral, I believe. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> M- sure. Mama. M- mamita. <laughs> I, don't, I don't totally know. Oh, man. But it, yeah, it, it it looks beautiful. It looks like it's it's going to look great. I just... I like the old campy mummy movies. You like the old Kanye. The, I, I miss the old Kanye. The uh, came to his concert, Kanye. That didn't talk about Donald Trump, Kanye. Yeah, can't have everything. Let's talk about Transformers. The yeah. Last Night. Yeah. Also has a trailer. Also have some feelings about it. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the Transformers Wait, wh- hold trailer. up. Why spoilers? Well, people, some people don't want to know. But this is a teaser that's going to be on commercials, right? Some people don't want to know. Okay. So I'm letting them know. Them okay. Bo- There's something that happens in the trailer that some people might, wa- might not want to know. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm fair. just covering us. I got you. Spoilers, Transformers. Stay black. Last, right. <laughs> Stay black. Uh, the last night. So, uh, Transformers trailer, your favorite's in there. I think I just found a Transformer. <laughs> okay. Let me just say something about Mark Wahlberg. I'm not mad at Mark Wahlberg. Get out of these movies. I like Mark Wahlberg. I don't care for him. Uh, I, you know, everybody's got like a thing. You have a favorite actor and there's some people you just see and you're like, oh, I don't like this. Mark guy. Wahlberg's not my favorite. Mark but. Wahlberg just doesn't work for me. I just let him, I just let him rock. You let him, let him do his thing. Okay. He's going to eventually, you know, just like, uh, turn into all the rest of these older act, action actors and just yeah. 
You know, start making old man revenge movies like Liam Neeson. You know? <laughs> Liam Neeson's? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wahlberg is another one who is just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just Wahlberg in, in these movies. When Mark Wahlberg shows up, it's just him. Same like Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. It's just... He doesn't really him. act anymore in the, in the sense of, like, turn into another character. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is just himself in his movies. He's responding to the script that is taking place around him. As Tom Cruise. Right. Yeah. The, when, of course, when do I run really fast? Yeah. When At I, what point do I do the run thing? When I do, do I get the run? Uh, so, Transformers The Last Night, what's your take? I mean, it looks awesome like the trailers always do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really expecting a whole lot from the actual movie. I don't really know what the movie is about. I don't even know if I saw the last Transformers movie. I definitely did not. That was the one that had the Dinobots in it, I believe. Yeah, I didn't see it. And I, I heard, re- you know what? I heard really bad things about it. Yeah. Um, however, there's a moment at the end of this trailer that's just like, whoa, what, what's what's happening here? Mm-hmm. That got me going, well, hold on now. I want to see what that's about. There's definitely a, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait a minute moment mm-hmm. at the end of the trailer. It's just like, hold on. Yeah. What is this? What's going on? Why is this? Forg- forgive me. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's a thing. That is a thing. That's uh, about the... I mean, besides looking looking beautiful, that's probably the only thing to make me go, hmm, maybe I might see this. There's a robot in this trailer that Bumblebee fights, and the robot looks a lot, a lot super similar to a robot from Metal Gear Solid 4. These robots in Metal Gear Solid 4 are called the Geckos. It's like these two-legged jaws that just have like guns for heads, basically. Bumblebee tears one of those up. The thing that bothers me about this is not the fact that it just, well, just looks like Michael Bay doing his thing. So no surprises there, but it's actually the soundtrack for the trailer. It's a Flaming Lips song. And I really love the Flaming Lips and the song is called Do You Realize? And Do You Realize is a really happy, bright, vibrant, beautiful song, Mm -hmm. but they had to do that thing that movie trailers do now where they cover a song and make it really sad sounding. You know? Because they play it in pieces. Yeah. And it's just like, do you realize? It's like real grim. And if you were to hear the real song, it's just like a birthday party in your ears. Like that. The original song is awesome. It's like mm. Nirvana. And then they do this thing. and Not like the band. Nirvana, Nirvana. like. Not like the band. Like Team Spirit? No, no. Not like Kurt Cobain Nirvana, but like Enlightenment okay. Nirvana. Okay. Uh yeah, I don't know. That just bothers me. And it, what it makes me think of is what better representation of what's happened to this franchise where, you know, Transformers was fun, man. There was a time when Hasbro was making this and it was fun. And Michael Bay got his mitts on it and it's sad. Yeah. We'll see what's out around that time. Maybe I'll go see it. I'm not, I'm not like, yo, I got to go see this. But there is a part of me that's like, I need to see what's up with that last part of the trailer. I just I'm, afraid, it was, I'm afraid it's I'm afraid it's gimmicky and it's gonna be something that's gonna be cleared up like and then I'll just be like, oh okay, now I'm in this movie. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> oh shit, oh shit, I'm stuck. You know I'm here. Now I gotta finish it. I just thought it was a little weird when Optimus gets up and says, B E T Yeah. How did that happen? Why did that's a choice? All right, now off of uh, trailers, just something fun that I thought that the internet might be able to appreciate. Yeah. Have you seen Batman Returns? Oh, of course, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, mm-hmm. second Batman movie. Michael Keaton, Penguin, Cat, Cat, uh, Woman, Birdman, Selena. Michael Keaton, Birdman, Batman. Right. 
Yeah, all, all Birdman, uh, Birdman. And if it's got wings, Keaton's on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God, what if they do a movie about Birdman? And it's Michael Keaton as Birdman. Birdman. Michael Keaton's doing the Ooh. Birdman hand rub. <laughs> yes, damn me. Cat money millionaire. Yes, damn. Uh, All right. So there's this real. <laughs> oh, trio. Oh, trio. I'm talking about they ain't going to say it no more. <laughs> All right. So now there's this thing that's out there that is a recut of the original Batman Returns, but they did it as a silent film. Yeah. And it's floating around out there. So you get, if you guys Google the Batman, the Batman Returns, you should be able to see it. Um, the guy who recut it puts it out like once a year around Christmas time. Then it eventually disappears. So I watched a couple minutes of it. And it's really cool. It's like yeah. an old school silent film where it plays and then they cut to like the screen just having the words up there. And then they, but it still has the, the score on the movie mm -hmm. and it's it's cool it's kind of black and white with different like vintage tints and colors yeah. fun thing to watch around the holiday time especially if you're a batman fan yeah yeah i would like to check that out absolutely so and look for that find i kind of forgot that it was a christmas thing going on but it, it is in that movie. yeah a lot of the batman movies are around christmas well are there a lot of them or is it this one mm, i know it was snowing when bane was out there but i don't know if that was a thing that was tied to christmas i don't know no, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like the Christopher Nolan joints. Oh, okay, just the Tim about, Burton joints. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, unsubstantiated claim. Watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, last but not least, we just got to cover this news, not because we want to, but because it is our responsibility, internet listeners. So bear with us right now when we say the star of the upcoming movie, The Great Wall, the one and the only white savior, Matt Damon. He's not very happy with the way that people are responding to this movie. He's not very happy that people are telling him that him being in this Chinese movie called the, the great wall is an example of whitewashing. And he wants us to know, quote, I take that very seriously. And, uh, that whole idea of whitewashing, he mm -hmm, says, mm -hmm. I take that very seriously. That's right. And he, he wants us to know, uh, that it's outrageous. That people are claiming that this is a part of the problem, and you just need to see the movie, and that's that it'll absolve itself. Let me read this whole quote because I want y'all to get everything here. So this is off of comicbook.com. Shout out to y'all. Thank you for the five stars and a positive comment. We appreciate y'all. Mm -hmm. That he quote, that whole idea of whitewashing, I take very seriously, Damon said. He brought up the comparison of Irish-American actor Chuck Connors, who played the Geronimo role in the 1962 film. Damon figured that, quote, once, the, once people see that it's a monster movie and it's a historical fantasy, and I didn't take a role away from a Chinese actor, um, it wasn't altered because of me in any way that the issue would naturally subside. But he credits media outlets for perpetuating it. I guess that's us. I guess we're a media outlet perpetuating it. Quote, it suddenly becomes a story because people click on it versus the traditional ways that a story would get vetted before it would get to that point. So I guess no one's vetting us. Um, Damon said, quote, eventually you stop clicking on some of those more outrageous things because you just realize there is nothing to the story when you get to it. End quote. Uh, Mr. Damon, I just want to address you for a moment. If I, if I could kindly have your attention, first of all, thank you for the five stars. I don't know if you left a positive comment. Well, thank you. You might want to just Let's hang on assume, for a second. Yeah. 
But do I need you to do me a favor? Shut up, man. Shut up. That is stupid. Everything you said is mess. And coming up with an example in which uh, an Irish person played Geronimo and that's whitewashing and saying what you're doing didn't take an opportunity away from a Chinese actor is wrong. That is not, that is false equivalent. I don't believe you know what whitewashing is if you're speaking in this way. I don't believe you understand. But I thought about something that I I think uh, might be relevant, which is uh, uh, a quote from Upton Sinclair. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Upton Sinclair, the author of The Jungle or uh, the book Oil, um, which was the, the, the book that inspired the movie There Will Be Blood. And Upton Sinclair has a quote in which he says, a person whose uh, uh, business and livelihood rests upon not knowing information will always have a problem knowing, just knowing that information. So like if you make money, Tommy Lauren being ignorant, then you will always be ignorant because not being that means you won't make money. So if you make money, being in this movie and being the 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 person who is white in this Chinese movie about the Great Wall of China, then you're going to have a hard time admitting that it, it's not a good thing. You're not going to come forward with it because it's, it contributes to your livelihood, right? The stakes are already ingrained in you and vice versa. But what I need Matt Damon to do, this is like this ancient one thing. This is like Tilda Swinton saying... Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh? Be responsible. Be woke. Shut up, man. Like this is so whack. I mean, when I saw this story, I just my my eyes rolled. I I didn't even want to click on it. I don't even want to see this mess. Like who who was near you to hit you on the back of the head and say you got it so so backwards? What is this guy doing? Well, here's the thing. I think I understand what Mike, what, what, what Matt Damon is trying to say. He's trying th- to say not guilty. I think Matt Damon is being surgical, and he's missing the point. Like he's being a lawyer, and he's looking at the technicality of the words. The technicality of whitewashing, he's arguing, I haven't taken away a role that is traditionally a role of someone who has a different ethnicity. So therefore it's not whitewashing. Right. Like that's the point. That's the point he's trying to make. He's going, it's a monster movie. As it's, if that means anything that bothers me. Now I think the, the, I think to be fair, it's like, okay, Matt, I hear the point you're trying to make. You're saying, What's the definition of whitewash? Because because that's something that I would do. What do the words mean? What does the word mean? You know what I mean? Mm. Look up the definition. What you are accusing me of whitewashing? What does the so what's going on with um uh we just talked about it Black Widow what's her name oh Scarlett Johansson Scarlett Johansson and is, Ghost in the Shell is different than what's happening with Matt Damon. 
And I think that's the distinction he's trying to make. You see what you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's going, I didn't this, what's going on with Tilda Swinton and the ancient one is different than what's going on with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon is going, look. This is a made-up story. It's a monster movie. This never existed before we came to it. Mm-hmm. So they wrote the story. I'm playing the role. I didn't take the role from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're you're accusing me of doing a thing that I'm saying I am not doing. If you look up the words you're using, you look up the definitions, you look up the examples, I'm not actually guilty of what you're saying I'm guilty of. Mm-hmm. However, comma, you are missing the point, Matt Damon. That's not the point that I think a lot of people are making, even though they may be using these words. And I think even he's kind of coming across a little insensitive in the fact that he's missing the point and he starts tacking on like people are perpetuating it. And, you know, normally they would vet these stories and, you know, the, and they would click on it because it's kind of this and that. And eventually people start clicking it like back. Traditionally, they would vet these stories and so on. Like he's this, this completely innocent character who's being like bombarded and yeah, like right. accused. And I wish that the media would get their act together and actually start checking Checking these stories for people who come viciously lie on me, Matt Damon. Yeah. The point is, sir, though I think more accurately, since we're being surgical, which I I understand, I I understand the pushback. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let's get surgical. It's the white savior thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really frustrating for me. I can speak mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you think about it, there's three, you know, Caucasian guys and the three of us, and spoilers for the plot, because he had the spoil the plot for the movie to explain himself saying you know we were there because we were you know the characters are coming to like steal some stuff from them and in the process of stealing we find out that there's this thing that they're using to protect themselves from this monster and we fight alongside them the point is is that your face is on the poster yes. of something that says the great wall which we connect to china yeah the point is Everybody in the movie is Asian. They all seem, the large majority of the Asian people seem expendable, but the, the main focus is on you. The camera's on you. You're running around on top of the wall. You're running around clearly the hero. So let's not play dumb. He's not even addressing the promotion of the movie. And the that's whole something promotion that really of a movie me. about Asian culture that's in an Asian community, fictional or not, monster movie or not, is all surrounded around a white man. Mm-hmm. That's the point that we're making. However, at the same time, fair is fair. I get what you're saying. I get how you might argue that this is not technically whitewashing. Do you do you see what I'm saying? I I understand what you're saying in terms of like you. But that's you, not the there's point. A, there's a logical piece of evidence as to why somebody would say that. But, but that's, that's not, not the point. Yeah. And so like I I have a hard time even offering just a shred of forgiveness. I I did find that Upton Sinclair quote, and it's this. It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends upon his not understanding it. Mm-hmm. You were hired for this job to be right. the star of this movie, right? And you were paid for it. So, of course, you're not going to turn around and say, "You know what? It is wrong, and I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't do it. It's not right." I think the point that very, that very clearly stands out to me is that you making this surgical argument further shows me that you don't understand the holistic point. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're making the surgical argument and you might even be right. Not yeah. even, not even might be right. I think you are right on your surgical point and you want to stand on that and go, I'm innocent. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to talk about. 
that's where you're wrong. Right. You see what I'm saying? You may be right about that, but you're wrong about the overall point. The overall point is, hey, bro, why are we using a white man to trailblaze and headline this story about Asian culture? That's the conversation that we're trying to have. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Why do we have to surround? Again, everywhere you go, Matt Damon's there. On Mars, outer space. Oh, he's repping every Underwater. Wakanda. You China. Know. <laughs> he's everywhere. The desert. Uh-huh. You know, really think about it. King of the jungle, white guy. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, white guy. Mm-hmm. Outer space, white guy. Mm-hmm. Atlantis, White guy. He's probably in World 8 of Super Mario Brothers 3. I don't know. I've never yeah. even been there. Yeah. But it's probably Matt you know, Damon. And, that's, and that's the point. And I think that even in making this surgical argument, it's kind of like, yeah, you're, you're missing the point, though. It's about representation. It's about representation. I don't think that this community group is well represented. And I think you, Scarlett Johansson, again, I don't think this community group is well represented in the fact that you have to be the face of this story that's traditionally built around Asian characters is something to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that's really what the point is. So I got to, you know what I mean? We, I think we got to look at both sides and actually take the, take the pushback and go, well, let me think about what he's saying. Cause yeah. the whole point, the whole point here is to have conversations and communicate and hear one another, not just villainize Matt Damon and everything he says, even the stuff that makes sense. We go, no, cause then we become yeah. ignorant, ignorant as well. Yeah, I get that not to be closed off, but I, I do also want to be as, as a white male, I want to be critical of another white male and i want to say i i think missing the point is absolutely something that's taking place but more than that i think a man of that stature privilege knowledge experience in this world is avoiding the point not just missing it like i'm let me play innocent i don't get what's going on here and i don't think i'm contributing to it this this looks like evading what you know like the evade button like the evade button evade Mm-hmm. Evade. Exactly. Evade. Evade. And I'm just this is disappointing. It's disappointing. It it's almost as though the argument is being made like I didn't say the N-word, so I'm not racist. Mm. Like you have completely avoided the knowledge of what that looks like in a spectrum. And I gotta and I and I have to also assume that maybe there is a disconnect from the actual connection to the community who's who's hurting behind this. Mm. Because I can't imagine that the only thing that's being said is whitewashing. And like people just screaming at the top of their lungs, whitewashing! Like there is, I'm sure there are people who are clearly, thoroughly articulating their points in detail. Yeah. I'm sure there are think pieces that he can read. I'm sure there are podcasts he can listen to, articles that he can read. I'm sure he has access to everything we have access to. So if you want to understand, you can understand. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to let him go and go, oh, well, since he makes a point about it not being whitewashing, he just doesn't understand. No, if you want to sympathize, empathize, connect, dig in, and wade into this community and understand where the hurt and pain is coming from, you could if you wanted to. Oh, absolutely. So it's not like Matt Damon just doesn't understand and Matt Damon is confused and poor Matt Damon is being, who's being like, you know, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like accused and like berated with these unfair accusations. You know, he's being accused and he just doesn't understand. We got to give him a chance because he's confused. He doesn't understand. Yeah. You are a smart, 
actor who's been in the, in the game for years. You got access to the same internet everybody does from the rich to the poor. You don't want to understand it, doesn't seem. Yep. You know, or yeah, you I don't care, or you don't, or you don't care enough to try to understand. Yeah, you know, it's different than what at least Scarlett Johansson was kind of like. Uh, I don't know if I should, you know. Yeah, I don't know if I should. Play. I guess we'll have to see when the movie comes out. Like, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, you know, but I just think that it's hard. I do think that it's it's unfortunate that we have to ha- keep having these conversations, but I think it's necessary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the only way that people are going to start to understand is by hearing different perspectives from different community groups and going, huh? Because I really think that if Matt Damon were to be able to sit down with people from who have these perspectives, be quiet and listen and be able to take down the wall of offense and just get ready to get slapped around a little bit, Mm -hmm. but take it in, take in the feedback, take in the criticism and chew on it. He might go, Oh, that's where you're coming from. I still don't agree, but at least I get where you're coming from. It seems like you said he's evading it. He doesn't want to understand where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's just it's it's the kind of thing that I think is is disappointing, uh, primarily in the sense that this is a person who has a a vast amount of influence over a very large group of people. And if this is the message, there will be people who won't investigate it further. Be like, well, he says he he's innocent. He says that he, he didn't do anything wrong. So, yeah, I mean, I trust him. And that sucks. Like for the conversation to just fall flat there. Um, for people like you and I, we're going to put it under a microscope and say, huh, let's get a little closer look at this. But I think there are some, unfortunately, who will uh, just. Drop it and say, drop it. That's all there is to it. So remember I, that RoboCop game where he'd come out and he'd pull the gun. Out, drop it. No, no, nothing. No, I don't remember. I mean, I remember RoboCop saying that in the movie, and I might have had an action figure that said that. No, I don't remember the game. No, what system was it? Was, was he it a arcade? Marvel versus Capcom? Is is no. RoboCop a Capcom character? <laughs> no, neither, neither. Uh-uh. It was from the arcade. Man, I miss arcades. Anyway, yeah. that's it for our news. An hour and change in. We had a lot of news this week, though. Yeah, we needed to talk about The Last of Us. So I'm, you know, that was there was a little bit of a tangent, and we hope that you well, stuck. An hour and twenty nine. Wow. Okay. All right. So let's burn. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We hate to skip stuff, but. We have families. Mm-hmm. We have lives. True. So we're going to give, we like to give you guys a good hefty show, but sometimes we need to be able to jump over some stuff. So I appreciate you guys understanding. We're going to get right into books of the week. Mm-hmm. We're going to get right into um, our um, pull list. However, please do send your questions to us, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. See, uh, uh, com- you know how to spell comic. Comicbookjunto <laughs> at b3arfrui.com. Also, hit us with tweets using hashtag ask. CBJ, and we'll try to answer those questions on the show. Now we're going to get into the books of the week and go into our pull list. We're going to go into the brown bag. Happy brown bag day to you, Octavius. Happy brown bag day to you as well. Internet, happy brown bag day to you. It is uh, Wednesday, so new books came out today. Once more, I went online, I went on comicslist.com to see what the books were that were coming out. And I was fooled. I was bamboozled, I tell you. Because I thought the new Hulk book came out, the new She-Hulk, that's just called Hulk. I thought that was coming out today. And nah, nah. it ain't. 
So I, I had a little dose of disappointment when I walked into the shop, but it's all right, dear listener, because there's some really good books that came out today. I picked up Batman number 12, which I reckon is going to be one of our books of the week today. I picked up Cage number two, which is I'm a little, I'm a little behind. I needed to pick that one up tardy. Motor Crush number one which I'm excited to get into as a book of the week for today as well. My pick, my favorite, I've already read uh, before even recording right now, Star Wars Dr. Afra. I love, love, love this book, and I'm getting so hyped for Rogue One, so I've got like Star Wars fever going on. This comic is awesome. I also picked up Superman number 12, featuring my man, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. What'd you pick up? Uh, I'm going to read them in reverse alphabetical order since, you know, you made that a thing. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go ahead and go reverse alphabetical order. Okay. Starting with The Walking Dead 161. This is part five of six of The Whisperer War. Um, I have The Unworthy Thor, number two. Mm. Nova, number one. This is a new book from Marvel. Nightwing, number 10. Motor Crush, number one, which is a book of the week. Champions, um, number three. And Batman, number 12, which is another book of the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to begin as far as the books of the week go? Let's Batman go. or Motor Crush? Go with Batman. Uh, we're going to stick with Batman. Before we get into it, you should know in the books of the week, this is the segment in which we we analyze and assess and discuss the comics that we've read. We're going to choose two comics. Today, it's Batman number 12 and Mother Crush number one. We're going to spoil some things, and we don't want you to, to have that experience ruined for you. We've found out. What happens when hype gets in the way sure enough. of expectations? Octavius is right. Adam's wrong. Either way. You heard it here first. A <laughs> man lying into the microphone. Uh, uh, so look, we, we, uh, we, we hope you pick up those books and, and read along with us and talk with us as we go through it. So spoiler wall is going up right now. Three, two, one. Spoilers. It's your fault. All right. So Batman number 12, we are getting into um, part four of I Am Suicide. This Mm -hmm. looks like it's part four um, of five, seeming like. I think so. It it seems like the, the next one will be the conclusion. Yeah. So we start out with Batman. And now if you think about an issue number 10, was it? Mm. Was that the one where Catwoman was writing the note? Uh, was that 11? I think that was the last one, issue 11. Okay, so issue 11, we think Catwoman was basically narrating or we're reading a note from from her through the entire book, and we didn't really know who it was. This one, we see that we're doing the similar thing. Tom King is staying with that theme, but we're reading a note back to Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, um, a.k.a. Cat, um, from Batman. So we're seeing Bruce, who is going ham sandwich on Bane's like minions. Yeah. And he's reading this note. We're reading this note from him. So he's writing this to Selena and he's ultimately saying that, look, you know, he's, he's, she's gotten problematic. She's become an issue. He heard that they're moving her from Blackgate to Arkham. And ultimately he thinks that it's about time they should talk, but they can't talk right now. They would just end up fighting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we also hear what we think is Bane talking to Batman. And it says, Batman, I am with now, I am with him now, Psycho Pirate, the one you need to save someone who needs to be saved. In my throne room, at the center of the prison. And so I invite you, come, take him from me. Mm-hmm. And it's not, uh, uh, yeah, so that's what goes down. So we see Batman who is fighting 
a bazillion freaking everybody bane minions everybody internet i love me some batman okay i love batman but I'm having a hard time with this. Why are you having a hard time it's with this? It's ridiculous. Uh, go on. What do you mean? They have trained soldiers, trained marksmen with their guns pointed at Batman. I'm counting on this splash page. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's just ten men with bullets shooting out of their gun pointed at Batman and not one of them hit the man. Uh-huh. Not to mention how many people are on the actual page that he's knocking out and hitting with his foot and swinging here and there. Like, you, you, nobody got a shot off. Nobody even clipped him. No, I do want to point out that it looks like these little, like, r- yellow rays of light almost. I don't know if it's a contrail of a bullet breezing past Batman or if it's a ricochet line. Like, something is smacking Batman's suit and ping, bouncing off. But... I feel you uh, because it's this one of those comic book things like, really, is this not, is this really actually happening? And we brought this up in an, a previous issue. Yeah, because Batman the flung himself at the soldiers and, and they just like opened a, it fire. Was, it, was like, it was like ants on a piece of bread. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, if you've ever stepped in an ant pile, I think I made this analogy before. If you've ever barefoot stepped in an ant pile, you feel like you're going to die yeah you can't get them ants off of you fast enough and you and no matter how much you slap your legs and flicker your feet and run around the yard you cannot get them ants off of you Mm -hmm. you like you got to turn the hose on and get like completely doused with water to wash all those ants off Mm -hmm. and like that's just ants imagine Mm -hmm. grown trained men with guns knives like i love (laughs) I love Imagine that. grown trained men with guns and knives coming to take your picnic basket. Exactly. That's that's what's up. You know what I mean? It's just, just give it to them. It's just like I I I love this book. I love Batman. I just think as a fan, it would be easy for me to digest if it wasn't so ridiculous slash bat god. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's doing Superman stuff. He's doing Green Lantern stuff. He's sure. doing he's doing the Flash stuff. Sure. Like you're not that fast. Mm-hmm. You're not that strong. You're not that agile. Like I don't care if you were the CrossFit champion of the world. There's no way ten guys with guns pointed at you, letting them go. You're dodging them. You got to be the Flash. It's just hard for me to process. It's funny that you bring that up as uh, a criticism, regardless of if it's a big one or a small one, because I think you and I can both agree that this this book, this comic, is great, and, and there's it just is. that about the art. Yeah, because um, that that doesn't really register for me. I I see it, and the thing that I receive from it is, man, this dude is going straight into some. Terrible action. The odds are against him. That is such a crazy Batman thing to do. And he fights his way through. Batman is a badass. So I, I look at that and I, I absolutely understand what you're saying, but it doesn't really weigh me down in terms of my experience. The thing that I was swept with is the artwork in this book. Like, yo, M- Mikhail Janin, Janin, he's working double time. Like the, the, panels and the pages in this comic are mind-blowing. They're huge. And almost every single page in this book is a splash panel. Like, 
sometimes we only see that for a big event in a comic book. Almost every single one in this comic is a splash. And I, I partly think that's to show some motion. And I also think it's to show the scope and the scale of things. Look what he has to go through in order to get here. Look at how small and insignificant he is compared to these dozens of dudes. Yes. You know? And it's, I mean, it's effective, I think. I think it's very effective. And it makes for some pages that I think are super cool signature Batman. Yes. I mean, it's beautiful stuff to see. It's fun stuff to see. But usually when I read comic books, like, I don't have to work to suspend reality. I just do. Fair enough. And there's some of these panels that are just making me go, oh, okay. Like, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. this this is this is a lot. This is a lot. This is a big ask for me to like just kind of turn a blind eye to some of this stuff. What do you think of the fact that Batman in this letter, this this pseudo narration of the story seems to be more vulnerable than we've ever experienced? Yeah, he's pretty much saying how his parents don't laugh too much. Yeah. You know, when he was growing up and how if they saw something that was really funny, they'd laugh. Yeah. And he talks about himself being like, look, you know, the, the the ears, the batarangs, the belt, like sitting on top of a gargoyle above the city waiting for crime. And then if he finds crime, he's just going to punch crime in the face. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is really actually now that you he's he like Tom King's actually saying this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason why the the artwork is so over the top. Maybe it's intentional. Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to go. Yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. You know, but instead of just making fun of himself, the point going like, you know, it's just a mask on top of a mask. It's really just a kid. It's really just a, you know, a rich kid who's vowing that he's going to avenge his parents by warring against crime. Yeah. He says, how sad, how stupid, how immature, how hilarious, how hilarious all of it is. I want to laugh too. Do you know how much I want to laugh? Mind you, this panel is amazing. Like this last page. Scaling that castle? Like, uh, like that scaling is, the prison? Like that is so much work. Yeah. This, to illustrate this, it seems just like, wow, how much time did this page take yeah for you to do all i love looking at this because you can see him all the way at the bottom trace the way that he he led up the motion this is something that you can't experience in a movie because you you can't spend time with every stage of the motion all at once you know this is like several scenes were paused and somehow you're capable of seeing every single one at the same time so we can trace his motion I, i just thought that was so cool seeing what he has to go through in order to get to Bane and all the while talking about where he came from and what he is and how he feels toward that and writing to Selena and saying, you're the only person who gets it. Right. You're the only person who doesn't laugh because it's not funny to you because you get it. Because you and I are the same in that way. I, I really thought that was interesting. Um, the uh, the action in this book is is really really cool. And sometimes I read a comic book where I feel like it's mostly just people punching each other, and then by the end of it, I'm like, all right, we didn't really further anything here. It was just wham bam pow. But in this, there's a, a, a really hearty balance of getting to know Batman in a way, getting to experience a facet of him that I don't think we've had much time with, and also. Some really tremendous action. Diving into the water and then the, jumping out that uppercut. Right. 
Wow. And then we have like the ant pile scene. This, yeah. This scene in the tunnel. There are too many people for one man to like destroy. It's just like I'm having a hard time, man. Oh, like, I love looking at this. I love though. looking at it, but it's just like maybe because I'm getting like I've read a lot of comic books. I don't I don't know. Maybe like may, you know what it is? It's beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's like lazy. Really? Do you think so? Well, yeah, because it's like here are hundreds of people and he just punches his way through. Batman, you know what? I think I just figured it out. <laughs> I think I just figured out why this kind of makes me feel weird. Okay. Because that's not Batman. Batman wouldn't go, 200 guys? I'm going to punch my way through. Okay. Batman would go, oh, snap. I can't punch my way through. Okay. So I'm going to do this and that and this and that. And I'm going to do this, this. Uh, he's not. You want to see him do his spy tactics. He's, he's not going to do that because yeah. he can't win because he's a human. He's not Green Lantern. He's not the Flash. He's not Superman. He's not Cyborg. He's not Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman could do this. Wonder Woman could just bulldoze through and just punch everybody and leave. Like, but I'm not seeing him touch the, touch the, the bat belt once. He's not using tear gas, which you know he's got. Wait, his uh, he's pectoral not, sonic thing yeah, that he uses like, Which in, is like uh, what's happening in All-Star, All-Star Batman where you see a Batman who's a human. You yeah. see what I'm saying? A Batman who's got to think. A Batman who's got to strategize. A Batman who's got to overcome. Though in, in, this in, is Bat-God. He doesn't have to overcome anything. In like, defense, though, uh, in, in All-Star Batman... You know, there are scenes in which Batman literally has acid dumped into his eyeballs and is somehow still carrying on. So there's definitely a right. a, a almost godlike but there's, but there's endurance. Ga- right, but there's gadgetry that saves him. He sure. doesn't just go, and then he overcomes it because of just grit and toughness. And like, he just bites down on his mouthpiece and just 300 guys, I'm just going to, I'm tougher than all of you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Batman's not, he, he can't do that. Sure. So, and I think that's what I'm reading, and that's what's turning me off. Like, this is lazy. Like, be more creative than this. It's visually beautiful, but, like, I need more gadget Batman. Mm-hmm. I need more overcoming obstacles with my brain and my strategy and my tactical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Batman has learned a bunch of different martial arts, but he's also a master of disguise. He's mm-hmm. also a master of, you know, de- deception. And there's, he's, You know what I'm saying? He's more than just... Punch, punch, punch. I, I, I think see, that's what it is. I see something different. And what I see on this page, especially with this huge amount of foot soldiers and him just punching his way through it, what I see is this scene as impossible. This is impossible. Which means what I'm seeing is Batman doing something that is impossible. And the only way he would do this, because he's an incredibly smart person, and I think Tom King has established his understanding of that, especially in the first arc when Batman was like calculating the arc and the timing of when he needed what to happened launch. What to that guy? I think those things are still there, but what I'm seeing here is Batman is doing something in a desperate sense. He's been two times, and I don't think he was ready for that, in fairness. Mm-hmm. and. He is doing something impossible and stupid that is going to nearly get him killed, which for me adds to the weight of how important that this mission is. Like, this is so important. Batman is such a man of his word 
promising that he was going to do this for um, uh, Gotham Girl. Right. It is so important that he he keeps his word and he does this and gets to Psycho Pirate that he will actually do something impossible. And that's that's the weight that I feel. And I think sure. that's the intention. He would do so. He's... I just can't. I can't. I'm ha- I, get, I get that. And he would do it within his abilities, mm-hmm. with a not with with an with an acknowledgement of his limits. You're saying the tactics are wrong. He wouldn't just. He wouldn't slash couldn't. Like this is. It's impossible. This he is uncharacteristic. He because he can't do it. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Superman can do it. Therefore, he would do it. You know what I mean? That's one of his skill sets. It's like oh. You want to send 300 guys at me? Watch this, you know? And I'm just going to punch my way through. Batman would go, you know, we the same thing we saw in Batman v Superman. The the big doomsday character comes in him, he shoots the canister, you know, shoots the batarang, zips away, because he knows I can't punch this thing. Yeah. I got to get away. I got to throw a bat canister, create smoke, jump there, run away, spin around, hide behind a wall. Like, you saw Batman being very aware of his, his humanity when Wonder Woman and Superman were, were on the scene, and they were fighting. He's like, I'm going over here and hide behind this rock. Well, in the beginning of Batman v Superman, dare I say that there was a part of that movie that I liked. In the beginning, when... Bruce Wayne is witnessing the the carnage and chaos that that was caused by Superman. Yeah, like in in the city. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne runs straight headfirst head into that smoke right. and 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 thick smoke and damage right. and everything. Right. And I think I think of that moment and that Bruce Wayne sensibility when I look at these pages mm-hmm. because Bruce Wayne didn't have any gadgets on him when he was doing that in the movie. Sure, that was just courage. He was that was courage, and he was doing something because he knew it was right, in spite of the unbelievable danger that it it, it caused. However, I think and, and I think about that fight scene where he jumps off the batarang and yeah. jumps into the room, mm-hmm. and we see him batarang knife take a bullet to the head all the things you know what i'm saying like jump over the thing and slam guy's head like we see all the gadgets we see all of the act all of what it takes for batman to beat up to beat a a room full of 10 15 guys Mm -hmm. it isn't just square off i'm just gonna knuckle one of you at a time it's not it's not it's not a bruce lee scene you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like it's like i'm gonna use my unfair advantage i'm gonna break this guy's arm i'm gonna take his knife i'm gonna shoot you in the leg i'm gonna do all this kind of stuff like i'm gonna do everything but kill you i guess that's the thing so i can stop harping on this i think i made my point so uh it's definitely interesting to read through this because it's there's not just one read on this comic but either way there is a lot happening in the comic in terms of the the action that's taking place, but the the narration in the background I think is significant because here we have Batman admitting to some love and affection and understanding and empathy for Catwoman and saying, you know, when when you and I kiss, it feels like the death that happened to me when I decided my life can't be normal. I I, I can't just be rich kid. That thing that I experienced, I didn't do that alone. I didn't go through it alone. I have someone who has also experienced that, and that person is you. And I think that's notable. And it's especially notable when you think, I imagine you wrote this letter to her while she was in Arkham before she betrayed him. So I wonder how this dude is holding up. That sucks. Yeah. Homie, don't play that. No. <laughs> like that, that really sucks. So he's probably pissed. 
Yeah. 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 But he's also seems to be uh, of the conviction that he, you know, he was writing, I will free you. Like you and I will fight. All of this stuff is happening. I will free you is what he's saying from Arkham. But I think there's a part of it, which is him saying, my mission is I want to free you from your pain. I yeah, want to free like, you from your, from what you think you have to do. Exactly. Kind of exactly. Batman, stay trying to re- rehabilitate somebody. Yeah, yeah, he does. Except for that dog in Batman Annual. And himself. <laughs> yeah, and himself, ironically. He thinks he's fine. I'm fine. Yeah. So on the last page, Catwoman, Bane, and Psycho Pirate are there waiting for him. And, man, these are bad odds. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not looking good. Yeah, so he says, you have been betrayed. You have been defeated. But what next, Batman. And the thing that's funny about this is Batman, through doing all that stuff, is on his knees, which means he's, like, exhausted. Oh, yeah. That's the way I'm reading it. And the way Batman got his back broken before is not because they fought head-to-head straight up and Bane beat him. It's that he was exhausted from doing a whole bunch of stuff beforehand. And that's when Bane was able to take advantage. Yeah. This last page actually reminds me a lot of the killing joke, too, because Batman writes to Catwoman. He says, when we're free, Cat, we'll put on our masks and together, finally, we'll laugh and laugh and laugh. Like they'll see some absurdity in the thing that they're doing. They'll have some sense of awareness and joy together. I wonder how this works out. I wonder who walks out of this room alive. Well, we know it's going to be Batman. Well, yeah, we okay. don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. they might decide to kill him and then not kill him. Hey, hey, we've been down that road not too long ago. Scott Snyder. Right. Like we, we traveled down that road. I don't want to go back there again. Not personally. So that is Batman number 12 coming to us from Tom King and Mikhail Janine. There it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Now on to Motor Crush number one. Motor Crush number one is one that we've been excited for because this is coming to us from the team that did Batgirl. Brendan uh, Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, Babs Tar. Yeah. So I know them and most people are familiar with this team from Batgirl of Burnside. And this is a brand new story, which is being published by Image. And it is about a girl named Domino, who is incredibly good at racing on motorcycles. And she's it looks like she's racing in this more professional uh, motorsport series, which is televised. And she has all these obligations to record it and uh, speak into a cat ball camera, something, something the future. like, yeah, the future and stream like her thoughts on things. And uh, on the low, she is racing in these like, downtown underground dirty street races in which you get a weapon in your hand and you beat each other up like right road rash right and there are these uh pills called crush these Mm -hmm. glowing neon pink pills and crush is like a drug for your motorcycle or so we think or so we think yeah so my understanding is it's for your motorcycle it's like Kind of like a fuel injection, like NAS or something for your motorcycle. But we also see people ingest crush with varying results. Well, we see one result, but we don't actually see the result of the other one. That's right. That's a good point. Um, So Domino is interesting, and, and we'll just get this out of the way. If you haven't picked up the book, Domino is a black woman, and she is 
the face of this comic. She is the star of this comic. And Domino and her family are, or I guess Domino and just her dad, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah uh, are training for this big race coming up. It kind of looks like they're in Brazil, like some fictional Brazil-ish. Something, something like that. Area. Hawaii, Brazil, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to know some of the other racers, and we're seeing some of the vistas, and it seems pretty chill. And there's this person who's helping around Domino and her dad's shop, Big Sully's bike shop. And this guy's name is Lan, L-A-N. And Lan is like helping up at the shop, I guess, just, I don't know, a page, a, a like a helping hand yeah. for whatever. A mechanic, whatever. Yeah, and uh, when we first meet him, he's uh, <clears throat> bumping into Domino because Domino's in a room, and she's looking at all these little crush bottles, vials. Right. Apparently that she's acquired in some sort of way. And we don't know where yet, how yet at this point in the story. Yeah. And she's hoping like, oh, oh no, I hope Land didn't see that. And I hope my dad doesn't see that. So this is illicit. Like these are as well as drugs. And if she's competing in something that almost seems like Olympic sport or professional sport, this is like, this is considered. Performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. This is considered. That's what what we get the vibe of. Exactly. So she's trying to keep this stuff to herself and Lan seems a little bit nervous when uh, they're talking to one another. And uh, Lan had mentioned something about looking for keys and Domino bumps into him like, hey, if you're looking to close up the shop, the keys are over here. But we find out that maybe Lan's got a little more going on than Mm -hmm. he lets on. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is we have this contrast between Domino the TV or social media stream friendly athlete Mm -hmm. and the domino who races under the name cricket, which she doesn't like. Right. That's the name that one of the other, other racers gave to her that she's not really feeling. Yeah. Apparently that guy is like interested in trying to get closer to her than she wants. (laughs) She wants to happen. Like the Mm -hmm. whole thing is he wants to know her name. She's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. So she's racing in these underground street races. And she says, if my dad finds out, he'd kill me. And if people found out I was racing, racing for and with crush, my professional career would be over. So we have this like, this this prim and proper dressed up side, and then we have this side of her. This the seedy alleyways, the mm-hmm. street races, like Fast and the Furious. Think the original Fast and the Furious movies, like those street yeah. races, right? But the twist is like Mortal Kombat, dude. Like everybody's got a weapon, yes, and no one apparently recognizes that this is Domino because she wears a helmet, and I guess some Clark Kent Superman thing is happening here. Because she goes by Cricket and no one knows her real name. Because if they did, well, I imagine that would be a problem really quickly. That was something that I was bent on for a little bit. I was curious. Like, is that why everybody's wearing a helmet? To try to keep it secret? But how do you see? Well, she's got a helmet and it's tinted, but you could see through it. Her whole she, face. You could see through it and she could see through and she could see through it as well. Like my 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 tint my uh Helmet has a bubble visor and it's tinted as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's not like you couldn't see through. I can I can see through it, but it's like having shades on. Yeah, but I, I'm curious. You know, of of her infamy or notoriety, it, is she well known in the professional circuit? And if so, don't you think this is going to bite her in the ass that she's racing in these races, the street races? Right. Um. Yeah, it's an interesting book 
Yeah, the, the I, what do you think of the artwork, by the way? I love Babstar's work. And the colors, too. It's yeah. kind of got this, Babstar, like... I, I really, I, I, I've been on her blog, just kind of checking her blog out and checking all the work she does. I really like her work. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Babstar's illustration. Yeah, I'm a fan of it, too. Um, I'm, I'm also a fan of just having so many different characters to meet, like uh, yeah. Moore's ex Maribus and Hannibal Holocaust and King Tyre, Kallax Gothard, and Cricket. Biggest thing that I have a beef about. Hit me. As a person who rides motorcycles. Oh, yeah, you did point this they out. They got the throttle in the wrong hand. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. They got, they got seems, the throttle and the brake in the wrong hand. Seems like that's important. Well, is it possible? Can we do some headcanon here? Okay. In the future, where this is a sport, okay. motorcycles just are... Oh, built, man, you really, you, you really are trying to make this work. Listen, I'm just saying, I'm trying to... I'm she grabs grace. the brake on the wrong side. I'm giving grace. That's the same all. side that the... You know, I, like it's just the thing. If you don't ride, motorci- ride motorcycles, you might not notice something like that. But that made me say, like, I noticed that from the jump. It's like, wait, wait, she's got, she's got the bat in the wrong hand. Her bike wouldn't be moving, or like, yeah, it just wouldn't. It, you know, like, cause you think about replicating that. Like, how would I do that? I'd have to have that in my left hand. Yeah, and it would just be hard to be wielding a weapon whatsoever and be able to move your and bike, balancing and clutch and like shift gears and all that kind of stuff. But you suspend reality. Batman just beat up. Like 10,000 people. Yeah. And I mean, here we have uh, cricket using, which looks like, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a cricket bat. Right. Uh, and she's smacking crickets. Muppets. Nobody understands cricket. Yeah. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Oh, no. Tweet at me and tell me if you know what that reference is from. <laughs> no. Tweet at me at Octavius A. Newman and tell me where that reference is from. Who is that? And where is that from? You get the comic book into a no prize. Right. Mm-hmm. So yes. you're going to want to cash that in. Um, I love the artwork in this. And it reminds me of Akira, the, mm. the movie. Akira looks way better than this. Well, I'm talking. No diss to Babs. I'm talking that neon, the that neon trail yeah. behind the motorcycles specifically. Uh, so you get a, a, a sense of speed. I mean, everyone is racing and it's really high stakes. But I'm just curious. Do people just die in these races? Because she's smacking people with cricket bat with nails sticking out of it. Yeah, and then, you know, the one dude says... face. Yeah, the one dude says, hey, if I stop calling you cricket, will you stop doing that to my head? And I'm thinking, I'm like, you could have just killed him, though, right? He's going a zillion miles per hour, and you just smack him on the head so he falls off his bike? him in the back of the neck. Yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah. Um... I I like this book, but that takes a lot for me. In the same way that you're thinking Batman doesn't do this, he's just going to get his face shot off. When I'm reading this, I'm thinking, how is anybody going to stay friends when this is how you do? I don't know. And then Lan comes out, and we find out that Lan was actually creeping around in Domino's room, stole her crush, and was stealing crush from elsewhere. Yeah. And the people who provide the crush, which seem to be kind of like drug dealers, they're called the producers, um, they're not down with that. And they make an example, almost Negan style, of Negan being a character from The Walking Dead, Yes, if you keep up with it. But they make an example of Lan, almost Negan style, and they force him to drink the crush. And he explodes. I was not expecting that because I read issue zero of this, which I picked up at New York Comic Con, and it's about half of this comic book. It ends right before this part, and there was no gore, no really over-the-top violence, no real cursing even. 
in the first half. Maybe they gave an edited version. Maybe. But in the second half, it just goes ham. Land blows up. His whole torso is gone. And everybody goes home, and Domino finds out that all of her crush is stolen, and... And it's he goes, this whole thing. Important point to, to mention, he blows up because he got caught stealing Crush and the promoter slash announcer says, look, you know, it's all good till y'all start stealing stuff. And then he makes him drink it mm-hmm. and then he explodes mm-hmm. at like he's, he like has a reaction to it and he wigs out and blows up. Right. And that's a key point to remember for later on in the book. The assumption at this point that I had was you're not supposed to drink this stuff. <laughs> you know, they like bottom line. Even when they start putting it towards his face, he's like, no, like, don't do this. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it looks like Domino, it, she she ends up poking around, trying to find out how she can get her crush back because the producers come and take all of Lance's stuff. He's dead now. They give some BS story about how he got a job elsewhere. He met a girl. And they take his stuff and move him out. I guess so nobody asks questions like, where'd he go? You know, there's some alibi. And Domino knows that that's not the story. She knows that her crush is missing and that's valuable stuff. So she tries to go back and get it. And this girl breaks into a place and steals a ton of crush and has a hell of a time getting out of the place, getting into a, a fight with security guards and suits, falling out of a window, smashing into a car. And almost getting shot. And like, she busts into the place where I, th- I, I don't know if it's an accountant or if this is where they make the crush or what, but she gets into a chase, tries to get away. Her gas tank gets shot. She spills all the crush along the way. Yeah. The crush is all smashing all over the street. She's got gas pouring out of her motorcycle and somebody jumps on her motorcycle and she smashes the bike off of a pier and into water and, Yo, it's it's high octane. It is high octane. It's crazy. Loses the bike. Loses the bike in the Bottom water. Of the sea. And now she's under the boardwalk. And what does she do? Help me understand. So now a couple times earlier in the book, we see her pull out an inhaler. Well, that's and, true. Like kind of breathing the inhaler. So you think, oh, she must have, you know, something going on where she needs an inhaler of some sort. And it looks like she's really, really, really like having a hard time fiddling, looking for it, trying to find it. And she can't find it. Yeah. She can't find the inhaler. And uh, she, she's grabbing her chest. So you think, oh, she might be having like, um, what's, what, what, what is it that she's having? Well, like maybe her lungs are not functioning or she's having a panic attack maybe, or something is happening and she, asthma. asthma she, she has yeah, an asthma attack. She, she doesn't have her medication. So. This girl reaches into her bag, plucks out one of the vials of of crush that has not smashed, and drinks it. What? <laughs> and it seems like something's going on with her hands too. You notice that? Yeah, like that they were shaking. Saying, a little Ow, bit. like she's trying to put the stuff in, or like her hands are shaking. She's holding her hands. I don't know what that's about either. Yeah. So I'm a little confused by this because I'm thinking if you just watched what you watched. You saw a dude ingest this stuff and blow up. What? What's going on? Now I'm wondering, uh, was the inhaler filled with crush the whole time? Did she know that she can take this stuff? Well, if you look at it, if you look at like the inhaler, she opens it up 
And it has said, this like pinkness. Yeah. So maybe is was that crush? It looks like there's crush inside the inhaler. Yeah. So maybe she has to ingest it through the inhaler and she couldn't. So she had to just drink it instead. So this drug is normally for motorcycles, but she seems to take it on the regular through an inhaler. Hmm. So there's something going on in here. That's that's pretty interesting. But yeah, last panel of this book, she's under this boardwalk hiding from the people chasing after her and just drinking from this vial. And it's like, well, I really hope that works out well for you, Domino, because that, that seems dangerous. That seems a little risky. Things you liked about the book. What do you like? The artwork. Artwork is great. I the, like especially the character design. Yes. I like uh I like the character's design. I like the comic strip at the end. The one page comic strip. I thought that was really cool. Um and I and I and I think it's interesting for us to see where we're at so far. It's a good way to set up a world. I get I got introduced to all the characters. I know who's who thus far. I know what's going on. I don't but I don't know everything. I know enough to be interested, but not enough to know everything that I don't have to come back. So I need to come back next month to find out what happens next. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I, I, I like a lot about this is... This and I like is, the fact that the main character is a black woman. Straight I up. love the fact that the yeah. main character is a black woman. I love that when we met Babs Tar at New York Comic Con, she and Cameron Stewart had actually mentioned that they modeled her after Willow Smith. That they wanted her to look right. like Willow right. Smith. And I think that's really dope. Something I really like about Image Comics is this little... A really tiny pattern. So I, I don't want to make it seem like... It's a huge thing, but I like observing this. Comics in which the lead characters are women and everything is really badass. So I'm thinking Bitch Planet. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking Rat Queens, if you've ever read Rat Queens. Haven't. And I'm thinking this book, among a bunch of others, where... This is a woman on the front of the book. It's a lot of pinks. It's a lot of like fluorescent colors, but Love this is colors. high octane, super heavy action. It's not like this is for girls. Yeah, you know? I don't. I don't feel like I'm reading a book that's for girls. Yeah, and no. I am like an outsider who's who shouldn't be reading. It's just awesome. It's really awesome. I really like the characters, and I'm excited to get to know the characters more. And the artwork sold me top to bottom. So as far as that goes. Yeah, pick it up. Motor Crush is really cool. It also comes with a, a little comic in the back called Isola. Uh, we get Prologue Part 1, and it seems like this is going to be a comic that will be ongoing in the back of every Motor Crush. So, that's a little something extra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Motor Crush is great. It's a good number one. Yeah. So, that's it for this week. Let's talk about what we got next week. We got a lot. Uh -oh. It seems like every month we're going to have a week that's heavy. And then we're going to have some other weeks that aren't as heavy. So, coming out next week, All-Star Batman number five. Jessica Jones number three. Mm -hmm. Occupy Avengers number two. Power Man and Iron Fist number 11. Reborn number three. Spider-Man number 10. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a lot of good books. <laughs> so, books of the week, Spider-Man number 10, for sure. Yeah. Power Man Iron Fist number 11, for sure. Mm -hmm. Occupy Avengers number two. Yes. For sure. Yes. Now, honorable mention stuff that I think that you should pick up, me personally, All-Star Batman number five, for yep. sure. Jessica Jones number three, and Reborn. If you're not reading Reborn, I really suggest that. I think at some point, I'd love for us to circle back around and touch on that, because there's some good stuff going on in that book. Yeah. Yeah. I do need to pick that one up. I actually haven't read any of them. So I, I need to go back and pick that one up. I think, wh what number is this? Reborn what? Three. 
Okay. All right. So I'm not too behind. Yeah. But what we're going to read, what we're going to talk about next week is Spider-Man number 10, Power Man Iron Fist number 11, and Occupy Avengers number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. So episode 50. It's 50. Mm-hmm. Episode number 50. We have come a long way. 60 plus episodes, 50 regular episodes. You know, we're, we're coming to the end of the year. You know, I feel good. Yeah. I yeah. feel good. 50 more. I'm ready for 50 more. I'm ready for more one shots. I'm ready for an entire episode about The Last of Us so you can understand right. the mistakes that you have made. Right. And um, the same thing with, you know, mm-hmm. Arrival. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Superman. Yep. Whatever that one was. And when Matt Damon is ready to come on the show, I would love to I'm talk looking to at Matt an Damon. empty seat right now. And look, before you come on the show, Matt, we'll get vetted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know where you do that, who you talk to to have that. I don't that. know who the vetting person is. No, it's like, is there like someone a, who's supposed to mo- like monitor the internet? Is this like a notary thing? Like when, you know, when you talk about vetting news, does that mean like all of the internet, all the media outlets have to go to a certain source to get regulated and can't controlled sure. about what they're supposed to say and what they can and can't say? Cannot be sure. Is that what you're saying? Like you want some sort of way to control what? People are allowed to say about you. Uh, in Trump's America, oh. I believe, not too far away. Yeah, not too far away. Sounds great. Well, Matt, first of all, if they talk bad about you, just remember, I'm the president-elect. They talk about me too. Uh, have you have you seen Saturday Night Live? Not funny. Completely <laughs> not not funny. Matter of fact, sad. Uh, we can't end with that impersonation, Matt. Give me, give me the union worker. I relate with. Give you. me the construction guy. Give me Mephistopheles. <laughs> Anybody? Help! <laughs> Help! <laughs> oh uh, man! Well, it is fifty. It is fifty. It is episode fifty. Yeah. Uh, did I forget anything? No, I think that's everything. All right, let them know where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter using the same name. Adam Teteris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. How about you, Ock? At Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Talk to me. Let me know where that uh, quote I did before. Let me know where that's from. Let me know what your thoughts on Matt Damon's opinions about whitewashing are. You know, let us know what your thoughts on your books of the week. What your what did you like in your pull list? What did you think that we should be reading that we're not reading? What books are coming up next week that we should be checking out that maybe we didn't mention? Um, you know, share your pull list with us. Share your thoughts with us. Share. You know, make, make sure you ask us those questions. Hashtag AskCBJ or email to comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. Please leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Subscribe um, on iTunes. Share with someone else. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave your comments on SoundCloud. Um, again, grab that merch from tpublic forward slash user forward slash comicbookjunto. Mm-hmm. Check out that Force Bump t-shirt. Check out the other comicbookjunto bump t-shirt. The regular stuff, you know, you can also put them on hoodies and mm-hmm. coffee cups and iPhone cases and notebooks and posters and all, all the stuff. Kind of, all, all those things you can do. I got a mug. I have a comic book Junto mug. It's my favorite mug here at the office. Mm. You know, possibilities are unlimited. Show enough. Or at least high enough number that I cannot reach. Right. Perhaps not unlimited, but man, that's a high number. Show enough. <laughs> AKA show enough assassin. Uh-huh. All right. So, we love you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you guys hanging with us for 50 episodes. Until next time, peace. (laughs) 